Rodgers hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Matteau swoops in to intercept. Matteau behind the net. Sweets it in front. He's this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hello and welcome back to the Agents of Field podcast for episode number 24. I am your host, Ryan Lesman, joined today by a couple of returning guests as well as another newcomer. We just love bringing in new guests, spread the wealth for our sports fandoms. So starting with the fourth most appeared guest ever on the Agents of Field podcast, Eric, how we doing? Welcome back. The weird, the weird time between summer and fall of Eric has come and is starting. Yeah, I guess that's what we'll call it. I'm back again. I appreciate the invite to come back. Uh, happy to be on with this crew. I'm excited to see how this goes. Let's go. Summer of summer, fall, whatever we're calling it. Small. Summer of small. Small. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Eric's small anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, joining for his second ever episode, he you can hear him again on the Family Feud episode we did a couple weeks ago. Devin Maida. Devin, oh, how we doing? Oh, that dub. We're doing great. We're doing great. Glad to be back on. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's going to be an interesting show. It's going to be an interesting show. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we. Uh, this is going to be a fun topic. But before we get into it, let's introduce our newest guest. Another one of the University of New Haven brethren. We have a full crew here from New Haven, Mr. James Cassidy. James Cassidy, how are we doing? Doing great. I am so excited to finally be able to get on to the show. I know we've been trying to do this for like a month <laughs> yeah maybe even more so yeah honestly <laughs> um but just for the listeners i'm going to be referring to him as cassidy i have never called him james because we have another james in our friend group so cassidy it is cassidy you know first time on the show you have to let everyone know about your sports fandoms tell the listeners what teams and players you are a fan of okay i am from about an hour outside of boston so very boring. I am a Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, and Patriots fan as for the four major sports. Those are my teams. Outside of that, and probably closest to the heart, Liverpool <laughs> FC in the Premier League. And in just in the general sense, a man of every sport around the world. If you know talk about a random sport, probably have watched at least it a couple of times. Yeah, this Cass man knows. He does. Cass knows. Uh, also a big tennis fan, frequents the U.S. Open, and a huge Olympics guy. Huge. So we uh, we love to have a jack-of-all-trades on our show. It's very, very nice to have. And uh, we're excited you're here. Thank you. So we're going to move into – oh, before we move into our news, just going to let everyone know what this episode will be. This is going to be the first edition – of a test run we're doing for a episode called city battles. So what this is going to be is every time we do this, uh, we will be pinning two cities against each other and we each will take a 
sport from those two respective cities were pinning against each other and build the best all-time lineup, debate on if the players should be in that lineup, and then debate which one's the best to see which city has the superior sports city. Going to tease you a little bit, make you listen to figure out what cities we're doing this week, but it should be a good episode. We hope everyone enjoys it. So moving on to the news, we are going to talk about week one in the NFL. It was a crazy week filled with lots of scoring, turnovers, poor officiating, injuries, everything that happens typically in week one. Let's start with our newest guest, Cassidy. Give us give us one storyline you really liked from week one in the NFL. Okay, the storyline that I really enjoyed watching in week one was just watching Patrick Mahomes start off the season looking like it was just another regular game and he's just continuing on his way to another MVP this year. Absolutely yeah. dominating the Arizona Cardinals for five touchdowns. Yeah, Mahomes, everyone was like, oh, no, no Tyreek Hill. He's not going to be good anymore. Okay, he is, if not the best, the second best quarterback in still the NFL. Still has Kelsey, still has Andy Reid. There's a, yep. still a lot of familiarity there. And as long as you have Mahomes and a great offensive line, which that team does have, they're going to be fine. I thought that was the best performance of the week. The way he just spread the sugar around, passing it all over, different guys got involved. They just put them all in the right spots. There was no force feeding. It just felt like this is your strength. Go out and do it, and Patrick Mahomes will find you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he's really going to get the most out of those receivers they signed to replace Hill. I mean, they've still got Nicole Hardman, um, but – you know, two guys that really have kind of underachieved or became background characters in previous situations, Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Both of them, I think, are going to have career years with Patty. I I really like I Juju. Agree. I think Juju is going to be great for them. He's, he's a, He gets a bad rap for a lot of the TikTok nonsense and whatnot, and I totally understand that in injury injuries in the past. But when he's healthy, he's a big, strong receiver that you could put in the slot and he's he's really good in the slot and but he can play he can also play on the outside too he's very underrated in that sense but that guy he can give you a lot of production and he'll block he'll do a lot of the dirty work that doesn't get talked about from a lot of receivers the flashy positions yeah i mean i think that his biggest issue the last couple of years was some injuries as well as having who did he have thrown in the ball a decrepit ben roethlisberger yeah uh, Doc yeah, Hodges, it was not, Mason Rudolph, like yeah, it was not quality QB play, coupled with a collapsing offensive line too. So you're not getting much love there out as a receiver, and then when you get hurt too, it doesn't help. So availability is another thing. But if he's available, which let's hope he is. I mean, not really as a Steeler fan, but <laughs> not it uh, animosity towards Juju. If anything, I have a lot more respect because he came back after that injury last year to play in the uh, wild card to, to get his ass beat in a wild, a wild card game, but against the team he's on now. So we'll see. Yep. Cast, you had something to say. I'm sorry. I think I no. I was just going off of the Valdez Scantling signing. I honestly thought that was one of the better signings this whole NFL off season. Because you watch back of those Green Bay games, even the last two years, and Valdez Cantling really was Rogers' deep threat, and he just had pure speed at the wide receiver position. Which for Patrick Mahomes, he will find him open more often than not. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's a uh, it's really a blessing watching this division. I mean, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in the same division. Like this is going to be must watch football. Watching. Oh, it's going to be insane. Thursday I mean, night, Thursday, tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow yep. night's going to be absurd. So fantasy it, owners check in. Yep, I have at mm, one of them in at least one of each league. So, um, yeah. So, Eric, what storyline do you want to discuss? Oh, there's a ton. There's a ton. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the team that disappointed on Monday night in Denver. Uh, it just looks like the same team, just with Russell Wilson at quarterback. It, it was needed a lot of footing and, I guess, need some more time with these wide receivers. But it seems like they did the same thing. They had stupid penalties. Uh, the running backs have a little bit of fumbling issues. You saw that not once but twice on the goal line. Uh, it was kind of very unimpressive. And then they made Geno Smith look good, um, which was also he like looked, a big deal. Uh, I've never seen them play half. that well probably in his life. Um, and they made him look that good. So I'm not really sure what happened there. Um, but a great strategy, I guess, from Seattle on offense because there was just guys open at all times, or it was Ben on Denver. Not really sure which one, but uh, that was a, that was a tough watch. Obviously, the field goal at the end of the game too, missing that um, makes that decision that Hackett made looks very very bad. Uh, looking back on it, but I feel like in the moment, 64 yards, it's possible McManus has got a big leg. If he makes that, nobody's talking about it. But. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to be. I feel like it's you shouldn't be too hard on them. It does, yeah. In hindsight, it's like, hey, what are you doing? But hindsight's but, always twenty twenty. So, but then again, you paid a gazillion dollars for Russell Wilson, right? And you took the ball <laughs> Why would you the not? On the yeah. fourth and five, right? Especially on the play before, where it looked like it was one of those, like, all right, just get chunks of yards. If well, how much it is, we're still going to go for it on a fourth down play. It looked like one of those. Right. And then you just go immediately wait, take 30-something. If you're watching the man in cash, you saw Peyton was just like, use like ready to go. <laughs> and I get it. I mean, especially him. He was probably like, if I was out there. I go, no, He's oh, twitching. Exactly what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, on the Geno Smith thing, I just, I think he had one of the quotes of this, of the decade, you know, two years into to the oh, 2020s <laughs> um, when he said, Everyone wrote me off, and I didn't write back. That's just yeah. such an incredible quote. All-time yeah. quote. All-time. Yeah, it was, it was nice seeing him coming off the field when they were interviewing him because he, you could really see the excitement and the joy on his face that he, like, felt. And good for him getting those Geno chants there. And, and yet another just – I feel like it's just, like, you can't help but feel like it's another – not that he meant it as a jab, but just Jets – the Jets just getting low key, <laughs> just like kicked in the kicked while they're down, which seems like they're always down. I'm sorry, Jets fans, but I live in the New York area and it's just it's funny. I'm a Steeler fan, so so yeah, that should be well known after the first appearance, but just had to preface it. But yeah, um, overall, I just think that that the Denver Seattle game was just kind of the worst possible scenario for Denver that they could have possibly written out how to start the season that you trade this giant trade to bring Russell Wilson in you go then go to Seattle and lose to the pieces that you traded away with Russell Wilson at quarterback it's like you really can't write a worse kind of start to a season than that 
while also looking like your offense doesn't know what they're doing in most of the game. It's like I think I think in the second half they had three or four delay a game penalties because they just couldn't get their ducks in a row. Like, are we kidding? It was literally like eleven penalties all, already in the third quarter. It was, it was like almost every other play. It was Mike McCarthy out there. Like, yeah, literally. Uh, what's going on. Not to mention the two fumbles at the one yard line. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I think it was what four straight turnovers between the two teams. I think the Broncos turned it over twice at the goal line and. Uh, Gino in one interception and DK Metcalf a, a, a fumble. Like, oh, that's bad football for the first Monday night football game. Yeah, and there was like usually week one in general has a lot of slop that goes around anyway. I mean, it was, I, but also in turn makes for a hell of entertainment because I'm <laughs> sure week one was pretty absurd. Especially if you were a neutral fan, even if you weren't a neutral fan, you're just watching. I mean, I was watching Red Zone, but I was still getting like twelve heart attacks <laughs> during the, all of Sunday, and I was like, "All right, football is back. Like, this is this is it." That's what fantasy does to you. It makes you care about well, games too, you would yeah. not Very normally true. care about. <laughs> um, but I gotta say, and you all know me, I never very, I very rarely give praise for officials. That Monday night game was probably one of the best officiated football games I've ever seen. I got to say, like, there was a lot of really, really good calls and, like, accurate stuff that didn't need to be turned over. So, Yeah, just touching on how many people watched that game. It was the most watched Monday night football game since 2009 and the most watched week one Monday night football game since 2006. Had almost 20 million viewers across all platforms for ESPN. Crazy. Incredible. Incredible. That's sure. what happens when you when you actually make a good schedule and put the marquee matchup week one. When well, people are still interested, with a lot of Monday night games, they would always lose a mm-hmm. lot of the good matchups to Sunday night or even Thursday night would yeah. take some. Plus the two nights, two games usually were on that first night. Yeah, That's they the... couldn't get the right booth one, too yeah. of yeah, that, that uh, the guys too. in the booth. They could never. That was a big boost this year. After losing guy, good guys they had, they had Tariko, but he was gone, and then since him. It was like a shuffle. Yeah, I feel I'm curious like for about a the Manning cast because I feel like the Manning cast just took a, like took advantage of the weak boost. That will be interesting to see how their viewership does this mm-hmm. year. But yeah, that might end up being better. Story. Oh yeah, yeah. So we will uh, keep you posted on the ongoing nightmare that is the Denver Broncos and if the Seahawks can beat expectations this year. Uh, Devin, your Week One headline. I mean, like Eric said, there's it's a litany of things we can cover here in week one. I don't know. I feel like it's fun to talk about the Cowboys. Heck yeah. like week, I think everyone here can actually agree on that. Maybe it's a little too mm-hmm. biased, but I it's still I feel like that's a very interesting one. I mean, they are not – that's not good. That whole situation is not ideal there. I feel yeah. like Mike McCarthy – should get fired soon. Like he and I feel like he's gonna be the first one to go this year. I think you're really right. bold ish take. And yeah. I don't even think it should be that bold of a take. You know, the only thing I would say on that is that Jerry Jones doesn't like to admit yeah, that he's wrong exactly. on decisions. Yeah. And that could be the only thing that saves Mike McCarthy for longer. But yeah. when they finally got rid of Jason Garrett, it was mid season. That's true. It was. But after yeah. like 10 years of him being a mid level, you're right. Though. Jerry might give him some leeway too. He's not a Dak is going to be gone for a while, but I feel like there's more there. Now there's more question marks than Dak. I feel like. 
Yep. I yeah. think that the only other coach that I think could possibly lose their job before Mike McCarthy would be Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. I yeah, about that's another uh, – you know what I'm yeah. just thinking about that? Yeah. I I mean, that guy really has proven nothing, I feel like. No, so he, his whole coaching resume is still based yeah. off of what he did in college. It's yep. like, And it really even, wasn't that great yeah. in college. Even like, showed, like, every year he's gotten, like, to midway through the year – and then the second half of the year for his teams have always been downhill compared to like the beginning. And most of the time, the beginning of the seasons weren't even that good. Yeah. It's like his teams just continuously show that they can't play a full season. And then near the end of the year, they sh- just don't show up. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know which guy loses their job first. I, I, I think that, you know, the last week uh, our guest Tommy mentioned that, Halfway through the season, when the Call of Duty games usually come out, is when that things start going <laughs> off the rails because Kyler is going out Kyle. and playing Call of Duty. So I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. So you know, maybe maybe Cliff Kingsbury should sue Activision at, and Call of Duty for uh, losing his job if he does. So <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but back back to the Cowboys. Yeah, things are interesting there. Um, weird stat I saw. 31 out of 32 teams scored a touchdown this week in the NFL. Only team it didn't, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I understand they're playing a great defense in the Bucks there, but you're the Dallas Cowboys. You uh, you pay you have you're paying Dak all this money. You got CD Lamb, even Michael Gallup. I think he's hurt though. He wasn't yeah, playing, yeah, but play. Zeke. I, I mean, I, they have a lot of holes, really. But I guess that's the another thing that you need to talk about is everyone's expect. It's the Cowboys. You're expecting all this stuff, but there was already a lot of pre-existing holes going into the game. Yeah, right. I think the Cowboys are. They based a lot of their offense on expecting that CD Lamb was going to turn into this completely like tier one wide receiver. And from week one, you didn't really see that jump to tier one yeah. wide receiver. But he also last year put up good numbers, but he also had Amari Cooper there. They no longer have and a healthy Michael Gallup and, and a healthy, a healthy Michael Gallup over there. Um, Schultz. Schultz and Schultz. Schultz. Schultz is the only one that actually looked to, to the level of what you were expecting of Dalton Schultz. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's a solid tight end. He saw he helped uh, help my f- fantasy championship last year. Mm-hmm. I think I have him this year in a league. So <laughs> let's go, Dalton Schultz, baby. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the Cowboys, I just don't think they're going to be any good this year. I honestly would, would not be surprised because if the Cowboys did not end up even in second in the division, I think, I mean, look at who the, who's in that division. If the, I don't know if the giants make the playoffs, I say that they finish second in the division. The Cowboys are third bold hot take of the the week. Bold. Okay. Buying in a dabble dabble. Hey, that's his name. He 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 was at every game the Rangers won in the playoffs this year. Every time he was there, <laughs> he's my boy. All right, I'm I'm in on Dabble. So, um, one more storyline just want to discuss quickly is um, is Derrick Henry officially on his way out as a top tier receiver in the league? I know it's only running one back. week. Running back, excuse me. Um, it, I know it's only one week, but. Ugh, he did not play particularly well last week. Is he is the injury he had last year too much for him to overcome, or was it just a, a, fl- a fluke? Week one, he'll be back next week. 
Uh, who, who are they playing next week? That's a that's an important question. Uh, that's a good question. It is uh, it's Buffalo on Monday night. That's a tough matchup. That is a tough matchup. That's a tough matchup. Derrick Henry, you got to show up. They beat and him I last year. Remember, Henry can. went off. I yeah. think it was a Thursday night or a Monday night I game. Mean, yeah, like is he still lingering? Was that is that a story? Is he still hurt? They didn't, didn't say it. They didn't they say didn't they they is, so. But Hilliard got it. It was most just a them. good game plan by the Giants and poor execution by the Titans. Combo yeah. that could be that. I mean, tight. I don't know. For some reason, I don't fully buy the Titans, even though I really like Vrabel as a coach. No, I don't think anybody. I don't does. know if it's Tannenhill or I. I never bought into Tannenhill. They just don't have. It's Tann. Yeah. Eric, you know Maybe what time Willis, it is? Willis, but it's he's... Ryan Tannehill slander hour. We got it on every podcast. Let's go. Oh, there. But hey, dude, made made a lot of money. Oh yeah, he has definitely made a lot of money. Probably undeserving. So should be Chase I'll, Daniel. Actually, that's that's the guy you want to strive for. That dude's made nice. a lot of money. He kind of played all right. He did his little game managing role. He threw for 233 yards, I think was his number that he finished with, two touchdowns. He led the team down the field for the game-winning field goal. They just missed it. It was a 40-yarder, 40-plus, but it wasn't terrible. But I think the part of it is just no wide receivers. Tannehill, offensive line is like meh. Um, Yeah, they're not going to be. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes in there. The defense is – Good. Defense is good, but they lost Landry, so it's really just now Dupree and Simmons, and Simmons destroyed the Giants' offensive line this weekend, absolutely destroyed it, but Bud Dupree got completely shut down by Andrew Thomas, who does not get enough respect in the league. But I, I think for Henry, going back to what we are saying, I think he just needs a little bit of time. It's a little bit after the injury. Yeah, I believe yeah. it was a list, Frank. Those are really like hard injuries that take a little bit of time to come back. Or it was the Jones fracture, either or. Uh, it was one of those two. It's one of those really back. bad foot injuries. Yeah. So, for a guy who had decent speed, but not like world beater speed, I feel like that's a tough injury to come back from. Give it a couple weeks. I feel like Henry gets going a little bit. Like, usually as starts it wears on. Yeah. yeah, as the defense start wearing. What I'm nervous about, though, the Giants were missing Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari on the outside. That's their top two guys. They were playing O'Shea and Zimenez, who's known to be absolutely terrible. And uh, Jihad Ward was on the other side, who got cut from the Ravens, I think. Like, this is who they're playing. These are the two guys. <laughs> and they could. And they, they, yeah. These yeah are, see, and Henry couldn't get concerning. any running room. Now, the middle's stout with William, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. But the outsides, there was plenty of room they should have run. And they just couldn't really find it. He had moments, but it was never really like, oh, Derrick Henry's really getting going. Yeah, it could be more his offensive line. I mean, that's always a big factor, obviously, when it comes to running the ball. I mean, anything offensive. And nobody's scared of the wide receivers. Offensive line is like a position I really feel that, like, you don't really think about the offensive lines on most of these really good teams, but you look at some of the better quarterbacks in the league, and then you look at their offensive lines, like we mentioned earlier, Mahomes. He's, he puts up these insane numbers, but, but he also has had one of the steadiest and best offensive lines in the league for probably the last five years. Yeah, it always comes down to the trenches for the most part, especially offensively. and You need an offensive line. Otherwise... Because you can right. get skill guys become a dime a dozen, with the with exceptions, of course. Right. There's plenty of Jaylen exceptional Reagan. talent. <laughs> okay, I don't. Maybe maybe there. 
I was thinking more Justin Jefferson, but uh, <laughs> oh, I was sure. going the other way on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just uh, saying bust, yeah. these these guys bust out Jalen Rager right before no, he could, he could yeah, Jefferson. There's a lot of uh, low key guys out there that can break out at any time. Yeah, Kyle Phillips, fifth round pick for Tennessee, was their leading receiver this week. <laughs> there you go. See, I mean, I like who is their re- receiving core? Like, they got rid one. of your number one guy. And Julio Jones, granted, he did nothing for you last year. Who now magically looked good. Yeah, he looked really good. (laughs) Surprise to anyone. (laughs) Let me just join the dark side over there and Tommy Boy, and they'll just be healed of all of your ailments. Yeah, well, he got on the TB12. It's all right. Yeah, once you get on TB12, you know, the injuries disappear. (laughs) Yes. The witchcraft will cleanse. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> just go away, Tom. <laughs> he's not. Never. He's, he's never not. going away. He's not. Hey, I, I got to right. say this. Oh, I was going to say, I'm really proud okay. of us for not talking about our teams. Good job by everybody. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah, want to yeah, be yeah. that guy. Yeah, no, yeah, I wasn't none of us did it. None of us did it. I feel it. like if you ask me, I'll gladly get it. There was plenty there. of storylines <laughs> for our team, so well yeah. done. Oh, I could go on for hours. So we don't need to go there. Let's move right along then. Um, Just a quick update on the Cowboys. Dax Prescott did have surgery. He'll be out a few weeks, quote unquote. Nobody knows what that means. It's Jerry Jones being covert, not trying to tip his hand. At least a month, I'm going to go with. He refuses to put him on IR, though, which doesn't make any sense because you only have to miss the minimum of four games. Right, which sounds like exactly what We didn't put TJ Watt on it, so there you go. Oh, I did it. Yeah, it was comparison. 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 Uh, should be a good depth signing one year, 1.35. Not going to spend too much more time on that. Bigger news is money. Montreal Canadiens. They signed or they named Nick Suzuki as the 31st captain in team history. This is pretty significant because he is only the second player ever in NHL history of Asian descent to be named captain. Uh, the first was Paul Correa with the Anaheim Ducks, and now Nick Suzuki is the captain. Um, he's had a couple good years since coming over as part of the Max Pacioretty trade. He's their first line center. He's their stud. Cassidy, as a fan of the rival Boston Bruins, um, you know, you've seen this guy play a little bit. Mm-hmm. What are your, what are your thoughts on this? Is this a good, good decision? I think so. I don't What are your thoughts? Nick Suzuki has always been a solid player. As like you said, seeing the guy play against the Bruins enough times, you know, he's a solid all around player, good scorer. But and I honestly think it's a good move for the Canadians having moving the captaincy to a younger player, someone that can grow with the captaincy of being the captain as someone that has a team that has had a captain that was one of the oldest players in the league for the last like decade, then moved to town to one of the second like to a player that's been in the league also for about a decade. I think it's honestly a really good move for them to give it to a young player, allow them to step into the captaincy and see how that helps Suzuki in his game as well as helps the team overall. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of Canadians fans were surprised and a little bit upset 
Um, not that he was named captain, but that Brendan Gallagher wasn't because you expect the captain to be somebody who's been there for a while. So I think this points, this says all signs point to Brendan Gallagher being traded around the deadline or next off season. Um, I don't see him being Canadian for much longer. Eric or Devin, any thoughts on Nick Suzuki? Big fan. Maybe because he was on my fantasy team, but that might be a different story. All right. <laughs> We're not going to go there. No, it's, it's great stuff. Uh, I think I just saw it the other day. He was on the cover. He was on the cover of something. I forgot what it was. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't he's, know what. Uh, I don't know if it was the Daily News or something like that. It was on yeah. the cover of something fairly big. And I was like, oh, nice. Like this. Big story. Big stuff. Yeah, That's, this is nice. Yeah. So congrats to Nick Suzuki. Um, it looks like the alternate captains will be Brendan Gallagher and Joel Edmondson for them. And uh, congrats. Moving on to the world of baseball. Speaking of the dark side, as Devin said before, the evil empire, L.A. Dodgers, they clinched the NL West. This team just doesn't ever want to go away. Money is not a factor for them. They can dish out money to everybody. Devin, starting with you. Are they going away anytime soon? That's Are a, they going to win again? A, I mean, I don't know if they're going to win again just because baseball is weird. They might win. They might win again. I mean, they're always going to be good. We know that, like you said. I mean, right now they're they are a juggernaut, and it's it does look pretty hard to see anyone stopping them. But you do have some interesting teams already in contention in the National League that either have beaten them before, or I think can beat them in the Braves and or the Mets. Yeah, and I I wouldn't discount the Cardinals at all. I feel like people are sleeping on the Cardinals. And that's just another great team there, great organization. It's always good and always – I'm pretty sure they have the second most World Series wins. I mean, it's kind of a big drop-off because the Yanks have what they have, of course. But I think St. Louis got like 11, 12, something like that. Still nothing too shabby right there. And they're right back in it. They got Goldie having a crazy year fighting for a triple crown. I mean, this is – uh Exciting stuff here. I mean, the Dodgers, it's, I mean, they, it's like, it seems like they don't, it doesn't matter when it comes to their pitchers. It's like, all right, they got Clayton Kershaw. If he's hurt, he's having kind of down here. They got Walker Bueller. He gets hurt, doesn't matter. They got Gazalman or Gulls. I can never pronounce his name. Tony, he's <laughs> got the big long hair. Uh, he, he's, he's out there dealing. I mean, they get, they got a litany of guys in the rotation. And then, you know, that lineup. I got Mookie. I still don't understand why the Red Sox traded him. That's a whole other rabbit hole. That's a, that's a whole other episode. But, uh, <laughs> me just talking about that. Well, that yeah. gives me a, a topic for future episodes. The worst trades in sports history. So, that one won't be you. that bad because Verdugo's at least doing something in the majors. Oh, yeah. He's he is. That's yeah. more of just yeah. like – if just focusing solely on Mookie, it's like, why would you trade a guy like that? Yeah. But that's a whole, I don't want to, I want to derail this. <laughs> and then, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that on another time. Maybe when Table we start that. talking about this, the city battles that might work in our favor. Um, that, yeah, that might hint, slap hint. in there. So <laughs> we're going to move on to our last bit of news really quickly. Uh, it does, does involve the St. Louis Cardinals. Devin was just talking about them tonight. And uh, 
our buddy Anthony, who's our other host on the show, was at the game tonight. He bought tickets to watch uh, nice. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina break the all-time battery record, um, which for a tandem of a pitcher and a catcher with 325 starts. So what, a, what an incredible career the two of them have had. This is probably the last ride for the two of them, but they'll hold the record. It's awesome. Uh, Devin already waxed poetic all over the St. Louis Cardinals. So either Cass or Eric, if you want to uh, talk about these guys for a little bit, if you have anything to say. I'll tell it. Having seen these Cardinals teams over the last like 10 years play my team twice in the World Series, it's just, and Yachty, Wainwright have, I felt like they've been there like literally for, feels like 20 years. Every time I think of the Cardinals, like the first players that come to your mind is honestly Yadier Molina. And then you think to the the games that Wainwright's put up, not only just in the regular season, but has been one of the best pitchers for them in the postseason for a team that for a while it felt like every other year the Cardinals were there in the World Series. Didn't matter like what players would they it's just they kept finding a way. They would get themselves into the playoffs and just kept finding ways to win series. And I think that you don't see that kind of continued success without having a team leader and just a, a catcher that really not just helped the pitchers, but l- helped every player on their team, like Yadier Molina and Wainwright, who just led that staff, no matter the continuing rotating door of starters that were in those rotations with him. Wainwright was always that one constant for the Cardinals. And I think the fact that the two of them together will have that record is kind of the perfect kind of combination and thing for the whole Cardinals like organization. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that these are just two storied legends. They'll surely be Hall of Famers, would be my guess. They'll surely be St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Famers. Eric, anything else to add there? This is a story to root for if you're in neutral, I feel like, um, in this postseason coming up between Wainwright, Molina, and Pujols, uh, depending on what happens here. If all of them call it quits. Uh, I think one of them hasn't decided. I think it's Wainwright hasn't decided yet. Uh, I know Pools is definitely done. Yeah, he's done. done. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, you get seven hundred. Right. You got you got that as well. You got these three legends essentially, but, and three Cardinals legends too. Yeah, right. I just feel like I'll spin this a little bit different way. This is gonna be a really tough record to break down the line. Yeah. Um, because at this point. You I know, don't think that's going to happen. The best ath- athletes aren't catching anymore. They pull them out and they go say, go play another position. It's so hard to catch. Now, does an automated strike zone change that? Possibly. Does, uh, hey, you can only have nine pitchers in your pitching staff, so everyone's kind of got to be a starter, have some depth. Does that change it? Yeah, potentially. So there could be a rule change that helps this one out to give it more of a chance. But as the game is played currently today, this is a tough one with openers and everything. This is going to be a really, really tough one. You know, Yachty, 15 years, 17 years. As a catcher. Yeah, as a still catcher. doing it at a every day. high level. Right. That's absurd. And, and I don't think that's never going to uh, – That I don't. you're right. I don't think that will happen. Wainwright, yeah. too, avoiding most of the arm injuries. Mm-hmm. For yeah. a pitcher to go as long as he has in the league with um, minimal injuries is just kind of insane yeah. to think about, especially when you're looking at a, how many young pitchers in, this, in the league now are going a couple of seasons and then having in, issues with their arms and having to have Tommy John and other elbow and arm surgeries. Yeah. Just the longevity. The long, the, yeah, longevity. I was going to say the longevity, the sheer longevity and, uh, 
and consistency of both of these guys, really all three of these guys for the most part. Pool holes a little drop off there, but you know, yeah, it that happens so, on a more offensive side. So on the top guy like what, that. What looks Sorry. like 25 list of uh the the battery record, which now is officially held by Wainwright and Molina. This including them, they are one of three of the top 25 that have even been partially in the 2000s. So nobody's breaking this record. All of them are like way, way, way earlier in baseball history. Way old, yeah, when they used to pitch like forever. So they they have 325. Yeah, they have 325. The closest one that's happened recently, 2006, 2015, Cole Hamels and Carlos Ruiz, 207. So wow. they are really far back. The only right. other one that's been at all in the 2000s, 94 to 02, Tom uh, Tom Glavin and Javi Lopez with 248. Mm-hmm. Almost a full 100 behind them. So Yeah, it's almost like this will be like these two will be like an outlier almost. Yeah. In, in essence, just like especially in the modern era. Absolutely. Um yeah, so that's going to wrap up our news segment for this week. We are going to move on to our Infinity Gauntlet trivia question. So, question for this week. Dallas Cowboys are currently without a quarterback. Well, they have a backup, but since 2013, 10 different quarterbacks have started for the Dallas Cowboys. Can you name them all? Since 2013. All right, let's yeah. start with these. Does Dak included? Yes, yes Dak no? is included. Dak. Okay. Is it Kellen, Kellen Moore who's now Kellen there? Moore oh, is, right. Yeah, Kellen Moore is one. Cooper oh, Rush. Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Four. Ben DiNucci. Five. Ben DiNucci. Oh, poor uh, guy. Wasn't ben Brandon Whedon or something like that? Yeah, yeah Brandon Whedon. Andy Dalton. Yeah, I was Andy, Dalton. Andy Dalton. That's seven. Oh, there's you gonna be there's gonna be a couple. It's that gonna are be further out. Yeah. yeah, you're missing three. Yeah. Wait, was Romo, Romo with Romo. the last few yeah, years? Romo. Yeah, Romo. Yeah, Romo. Yeah, what are you saying, Romo? Romo. Is John Kitna? I was gonna there? say John Kitna, but I feel like no, it's right before. Okay, it's right he before. He was 2010. It's I think. Who's Romo's backups? John Kitna. Wow. No, it's there's a bunch of random dudes that were like. There's two left. One of them is Romo's backup in 2013, and one of them is a guy that split the entire season with like four guys. Did they ever have Troy Smith? No, that would be earlier. Oh, Romo's. That was the Ravens. The backup in 2013. Year before they drafted Dak. Or not? No, that's not the year before they drafted Dak. That's Dak was 2014. The guy who started the most games in 2015. 16. And the guy that started the most in 2015. Um. Oh, come on! Thanks. Random. Did Josh Random. McCowan play? He did not. No. No. Oh, this is gonna. Oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> the 2015 <laughs> starter, you should know. 2013 might be a bit tough. 2015, we should know. Starter. Not Matt Moore. Come on, Eric. No. They played your first game. I know. Same that's why name. I know most. <laughs> <laughs> You saw them twice. <laughs> Eric, same first name as who you just said. Same first name as Matt. Matt Hasselback. No. No, but you're getting no. really close. Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Yeah. And then there's one more, the backup okay, in 2013. 
We still got the backup yeah. in 2013. That's going to be tough. This one, I feel like I'm going to know who this is, but. Oh, you'll know who it is because I actually know who he is. Okay, then. Okay, so. then we should definitely know this. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, now I'm determined. I don't okay. know where you want to clock but us I know off. it's not coming to us in enough time. Yeah. You got ten, okay. Uh, 10 seconds. Who are you thinking? Who are you thinking? Where are those two? I got nothing. My mind's just completely blank right yeah, now. Dry, it's still on Ben DiNucci. <laughs> yeah. Nine. Nine out of ten's a passing score. It's a ninety. Still on Brandon Weed. It's probably the, the best. Like, I'm so proud of myself for getting Brandon Weed in. Solid, yeah. The what a terrible one. pick for the Browns. Jesus. Kyle man. Orton. Oh, Orton. Wow, the end. I would have never guessed that. I forgot he existed. Backing up, yeah. Definitely the end. Yeah. Poor Kyle Orton. I remember that run. I would have never gotten that. Nine out of ten is a great run. But yeah. Nine out of ten is a great score. Passing grade ninety. You know, we love it. So, I did not get a chance to watch a movie this week. So Eric is filling in with Eric's egregious review. Here we go. Perfect. Eric, I appreciate what movie the intro. This week? Uh, well, first off, I just want to talk about it out loud. We talked about it before the show, but we'll bring it in. Ryan wanted to do instead of a Ryan's Regal review, he wanted a Ryan's YouTube review, and he wanted to review Cowboy Peterson. No, I think Coyote Peterson. Coyote Cowboy <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> I, let's look I that said up that's not YouTube good enough. I said I, that. the that's audience should do. The audience deserves better than Cowboy Peterson or Coyote. Coyote Peterson. <laughs> he just said it. What do you have? What do you I, have? Short no, time I loss? think no. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not Cowboy. We're talking about the Cowboys. Come on. Uh, I, I think you should whatever. look up Cowboy Peterson or whatever. I think I will be enjoying his YouTube. YouTube videos tomorrow. It won't be tonight. It will be tomorrow. We'll we'll check it out. But we He's will postpone it to tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, we watched the uh, legendary rom-com When Harry Met Sally from 1989, rated R for those at home. Rated R. Rated R. <laughs> uh, directed by, <laughs> yes, exactly. Directed by Rob Rayner. Uh, it's Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan as the couple uh, that you follow throughout their journey to becoming a couple. Um, and then... Eventually, I guess they're getting married there at the end. We don't, we don't, we don't need a whole... Are. A whole hey, plot. but here's my rating. Ryan always rates it. It was absolutely <laughs> amazing. Great rom-com. We'll give it a, a 9.2. It was a we beautiful movie. Well That's done. Solid. Very All solid around. It was a very solid it's movie. It's a classic. It's classic. It is a classic. Very well done. And back to you. Where is it streaming so I can go? <laughs> Where is it streaming? It, it is on Netflix. Netflix. It's on Netflix? Okay. So yeah, now it's I can on review Netflix. it next no, week and give it a terrible score. Yeah, you go ahead. You're you're not gonna be able well, to. You're not a, a movie. Score. I know you, Ryan. Hey, I know I'm you. I know you're gonna sit the there movies. and love it. Have yeah, I don't know. Catching up. I watched two last week. I watched Remember the Titans and Slapshot. Oh, I watched. Yeah, just, wait, wait, wait you just before. watched and the, both of those? And yes. the week before, I watched. Wait, that's the first time. What, just watching. Remember you just watched Titans. Remember the Titans for the first time. That's yep. And the Sandlot for the first time the week before. Shut the sand. Get out. Get out. Leave. You can't kick me off my own podcast. On behalf of the United States of America. He's anti-American. As, as I'm wearing a Blue Jays hat. Um, <laughs> All right. The only Canadian um, team. Let's, oh, in the American Canada. <laughs> let's let's get into the city battles before this stuff goes really um, off the rails, and I'm going to spend the rest of the night editing this podcast. Sorry. So <laughs> moving on to city battles. 
Uh, we teased it in the beginning. We are going to be doing New York versus Boston. The classic great, rivalry. great classic rivalries. So the way it's going to work, like I said before, everyone's going to take a sport. I will be taking hockey. Devin will be taking on baseball. Cassidy will get basketball. Eric takes on football. We're going to lay out some lineups for each of the teams in those respective areas for each sport. So for hockey, we'll be doing the New York Islanders, New York Rangers, and Boston Bruins. Baseball, we'll be doing the New York Yankees, New York Mets, and Boston Red Sox. Basketball, Boston Celtics. New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, and football. New York Giants, New York Jets, and the New England Patriots. So we're going to start. Hmm. We'll start with football. Eric, go ahead. First, lay out your lineup, uh, what it consists of position-wise. Start with whatever team you want. All right, we'll start in New England. We'll start up north uh, because they have one of the uh, easiest quarterback decisions. Uh, that's an easy one. It's Definitely Drew Bledsoe, right? Drew Bledsoe, right? Yeah, um, it's got to be Drew Bledsoe. So let's just keep that train <laughs> Not even. a bad quarterback, though. We're, we're just I think gonna... the Jets would have liked to have a Drew Bledsoe <laughs> in their career. That's how sad their lives have been. Sorry for the Jets. Not... <laughs> jab oh don't worry we will get to the jets uh, <laughs> we'll save them for last they're a special kind over there uh, <laughs> uh i had a feeling it was going to be harsh from air no air is the realist yeah we'll go with that we'll go with but eric is the realist you mean the pessimist no, I think realist, sure. realist is the correct answer, but it comes off as pessimistic. There's, there's definitely an audience empty. member that knows my life. Most Boy, most people I... see the glass half full or half empty. Eric just sees half a glass of water. not that exciting. Just drink <laughs> half glass. It's like, oh man, I almost got to refill this thing. <laughs> All right, so (laughs) not gonna do it yet, but maybe in 15 minutes, (laughs) potentially. All right, so running back, we're gonna go with Jim Nance, uh, best running back in the AFL, uh, 66 and 67, had 1500 yards in 1966. Uh, we're gonna switch it up there on that one. A wide receiver, tough one. Um, I'm just gonna take the best two, I think, talents. There's probably Patriots fans are gonna get mad at me. Nah, I'm actually – never mind. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take Randy Moss. Just his four years is probably better than anybody's ever seen <laughs> or ever how many years it was. That's fair. And then we'll pick Stanley Steamer, the best wideout in Patriots. There we history. go. Uh, Solid choices. Yeah, we're, we're going to go with him. Uh, big tight end, uh, Gronk. Yeah. Really? Blocking. Don't you didn't say. <laughs> Uh, uh, ben Coates no. gives a ben it's Coates a hard was... argument, but not uh, Hunter Henry. Come on, no, no Hunter Henry, no Johnu Smith, no Devin Asai, no Dalton Keene, no none of those guys. Another um, that... I was just gonna say we won't mention who Bob got drafted with. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll just draft three linemen just to keep it simple. Uh, we're gonna take one tackle, Matt Light. Yep. Killed it in the early 2000s. Absolutely amazing. Uh, John Hanna at guard. Perhaps the greatest lineman ever, according to an SI article in the 80s. Seven-time All-Pro, first team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And we'll take uh we'll take another guy who's on the Super Bowl teams in Logan Mankins. All right, we'll spin around yeah. to the defense. Uh, Richard Seymour, no doubt, they're not even talking about it. One of my favorite players of all time, Big Vince Wilfork in the middle, five-time Pro Bowler. Yeah. Just love to talk about it. Uh, Willie McGinnis at outside linebacker. We will take uh, old-time Steve Nelson in the middle at inside linebacker. We recorded seven. 1,776 sackles in his whole career. And wow. then uh, Ty Law at corner and Moyer Malloy at safety and kicker Adam Vinatieri to finish off the Patriots. So Pretty I just want to point game. out the fact that I told yeah. Eric, no defenses, no linebackers, just do, do, do starting offensive positions. They're part of the team, though. Nah, they're they're he's got to include no, They have no. to be included. They're just as no, no. important. They're it's fine, their- but I just want to point out that Eric blames me when he doesn't get work done, but he does it too himself. <laughs> no, I ran through this one, <laughs> I ran through this one quickly. I, I found some lists, I, uh, and then I thought about it myself. I took a, the Patriots took a while. is not that because most of them are more or recent. more recent, it's recent. Right. and we it's, until about two thousand the Patriots were an I mean, they did garbage print. Yeah, yeah, a couple Super Bowls before, but they got the first one. They got destroyed by they the got destroyed in two Super Bowls and by the, the Bears Packers. and the Packers. Yeah, so right. not ideal for them. Pre Brady, easily oh, yeah. one of the most surprising things going through my research because the Patriots, Jets, and Giants have been around for a while. So just like seeing them, like I was like, well, they should have a Hall of Famer pretty much at every single position at this point in their lives, and it's completely not that way. No. You'll run into names that you've never even heard before, and you're just like, where the hell did this guy come from? He's the all-time greatest player at this position yeah. for this team, really. We'll just keep the list going. Uh, I said I'd save the Giant Jets for last, so we'll we'll go with the Giants here. Yeah, I'm um, curious to see what you do with the Giants here. The starting quarterback we'll take is Eli, barely wow, edging out Jones. Sims and uh, Y.A. Tittle. Uh, that's Y.A. A tough Tittle, one. We'll just, baby. We'll just take him and put the team on his back, kind of. Yeah, for I would. Three years. Running back's a tough one between Tiki and Frank Gifford. Uh, but the greatest talent at this point <laughs> that the running backs have ever seen in the Giants' backfield is Saquon Barkley. But we'll still take Frank Gifford just for the part of it. He was an NL MVP. Yeah, I'm going to go Monday Night Football team. forever. Not that we were alive for those. but Yeah, Monday Night Football forever. Frank Gifford. I mean, uh, I, I can't Tiki English. Barber, though, should get a good shout because he has more, over 4,000 yards. Uh, than Rodney Hampton, who's in second for the all-time rushing list. So I probably should have went there, but that's a different story for a different day. Wide well, receivers. He's a whole other yeah, he's story just... for a whole other day. <laughs> Retiring, obviously, the year before the Super Bowl. That hurts a lot for his case. Uh, wide receivers, this is lacking a lot of talent. Like, there's a, there's guys who have careers elsewhere. Like, Plaxico has a career elsewhere. Uh, but the guys... Who I'm gonna go with? I'm gonna go with Amani Toomer, and then I'm yeah. taking the talent here, the greatest talent that ever stepped foot on a Giants field at MetLife Giants Robertson. Stadium is Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> it just is. It just oh, is. And baby. there's, and they're just the other guys. It's just like okay, Plax caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, but then he shot himself the next year and ruined that season. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, like, that's it for the Giants wide receivers. We're not really talking about them much. It's a money tumor. Yeah, it's really that's it's it. Really I, tumor. You know, I never really thought about it. it. 
But yeah, I couldn't name who are the guys on those late '80s, early '90s teams. Exactly, they, it's a Bill Parcells team, so you're not getting the receivers. Might as well not even exist. <laughs> That's just going to be run. We're going to run the football, and we're going to play defense. I mean, we have Lawrence Taylor literally right, exactly. killing people on the field. And on offense, <laughs> and on it offense, doesn't matter. They went with this guy, all-time gritty guy. I'm gonna put him over Jeremy Shockey. I asked I asked around about this. I Shockey, talked to my dad, dude. who's been going to games, season ticket holder for a while there for 30 years, whatever. Oh, wow. I, I, I got into this one. He picked Beckham, but he was like, if I had one game, I'd take Toomer just because Beckham's a head case and you never know what's gonna happen. If he can't keep his head straight. But I asked this question because Shockey is way more yards than Bavaro, but it's Mark Bavaro. We're gonna take him as the best All tight right. end. I love we're it. We're gonna for the old school people because yeah, every old time we'll take Mark Bavaro yeah, over respect. Jeremy Shockey, no doubt. Once again, Shockey, a little bit of havoc head case. Uh kills him there. Um Rosie Brown, left tackle for the Giants, Hall of Famer, nine time Pro Bowler to tackle. Uh, we'll take Chris Snee, uh, Tom Coughlin's brother. Uh, I haven't that name in a while. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> amazingly. I, I, I didn't think he'd make it. I, I, he is, he's the best guard I mean, that they have. He really is? He is the best guard. I read an article, and listen to this. I read an article about it, and they were like, well, I mean, he was good. who's the best guard? <laughs> he was very good. Who was the best guards? And the article literally listed Sean O'Hara, who only played science uh, center for the Giants. They're like, well, he played it with the Browns. He played guard for the Browns, so we're going to put him as a guard on this list. That's how bad the Giants guard situation has been. Uh, Center, we're going all the way back to 1931 to 1945. It is Ken, five-time All-Pro. Two championships, a member of the 100th anniversary all-time team, one of the best centers uh, in history of the game. It goes all the way back that far. No, no love for Sean that's, O'Hara. That's no. I love He's a Sean champion O'Hara. too. He's a champion. He is a too. champion too. That's that's a good point. And a good analyst. He is a good analyst. He so is a good analyst. Um, <laughs> we got Lenny Marshall, Leonard Marshall at defensive end. Uh, actually, defensive tackle, sorry. And then defensive end, Michael Strahan, no doubt, 22 and a half sacks. Uh, there's some good ones, though. Tuck, OCU, Manure, they got some They got some rings. George Martin. We'll make uh, Lawrence Taylor a linebacker, and we'll take uh, Harry Carson in the middle, too. We don't have to talk about Harry. those guys. For the old school people, they they understand. Uh, they were great. Uh See Harry at the uh, stop it shop. <laughs> he's right here in Wyckoff. I think he's he's right next. He's right next door. Amazing. Uh, just this one is just pure, just because at this point he's rare. Uh, it should be Dick Lynch, knowing that he's the only guy at corner in the Ring of Honor. But we're gonna go with Jason Seahorn, just because mm. he is literally the only white corner in the last <laughs> twenty years to is. play the sport. He is literally the last guy to and play to not be bad, like to actually you know his name and and actually play the position. <laughs> yeah, like, he you, is, say, you say his name was Jason Seahorse. Seahorn. Seahorn. Oh, okay. Yeah, corner is not a pretty position. Seahorse is not far. Not far like, from it. Corner's kind of ugly. We're talking about like Corey Webster and like I watched most of Corey Webster's oh. career and uh, <laughs> pretty much all of it. And That's I'm like. It? That's your all-time greatest. I know he was a huge part. Yeah, Prince of yeah. Mukamara, yes. He had, a, he, he had a decent career with the Bears, Prince of Mukamara. 
by the way. He, he had a decent little uh, revival. <laughs> he had, he had a guess. great career. He actually might be still floating around the league. I somewhere. think he is. Somewhere. I think he is. I have no idea oh, where. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we'll go with Emlyn Tunnel at safety, nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time champion, sits on top of the all-time Giants interception list with 74. Uh, this is where it gets weird. I'm going to pick a kicker just like I did with Adam Benatari, no doubt. Uh, so the only kicker in the Giants Ring of Hall of Fame is Pete Gulak, who only made 57% of his field goal That's... attempts over nine years. Uh, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable stat. They just didn't make him as much back in the day. Uh, the only other one listed that I saw on some lists was Lawrence Tynes, who unbelievably has uh, some of the best kicks in uh, history. So that that's right, my I list. I do remember for the Lawrence Tynes. I do. Yes. Who does still have? relevant? Yeah. Still Note relevant. He tweets all the time. He's a big Giants. tweeter. He's a big. Note to self: tweet. Ryan doesn't want to let me back on the podcast. Note no, to no, self, no, no. Got it. <laughs> no, note to self: next time we do city battles, give Eric a time limit. <laughs> Well, football is tough, man. Football is tough. There's because that's a lot. That's the not fair. I'm going to have to rattle through baseball, too. So no, I'm you're, you're fine. We got well, No, it'll be fine. All right. So, obviously, uh, Jets quarterback, Mark Sanchez, no doubt, two AFC championships back-to-back, right? Uh, obvious answer. Of course not. It's the only guy who's led him to the Super Bowl, even though – he has finished under 500 for his career. He's not it's does, Joe Namath. He doesn't really have stats at all, but it's Broadway know. Joe. Uh, second, Curtis Martin is behind him at running back, former Patriot. If a combined list, I think he would have actually made it as the running back. Um, if you combined all three, that's an easy one. Yeah. Um, Don Maynard, 1960 to 1972, uh, inducted into Canton in 1987. Uh, look at some of his stats for a game that they didn't pass at all. His stats actually like low key. His best seasons resemble Wes Welker, and number two is Wesley Walker, not 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 not, not Wes Welker, guy. not Wes Welker, Wesley I mean, Walker. Look him up for all those at home. You can see some good numbers there. Uh, Mickey Schuler, twelve year tight end. They just they just don't have a lot of fun teams. Like we're talking about, like a guy earned one Pro Bowl trip as the best tight end that ever lived. Tackled the Brickishaw Ferguson, no doubt, just for the namesake. Awesome name. Yeah, I mean he's, he's good. He's, he's on those AST championship teams. Uh, Randy Rasmussen, locking down left guard for 15 years. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about guys. They weren't even all time greats. They were just like, hey, you locked down the position for 15 years. This is who we got. Uh, Kevin Mawa is the center. Ma- awesome Ma-wai. name. Yeah. Awesome name once again. Uh, <laughs> we'll- <laughs> just because he's <laughs> – we're laughing over this team. This team is just like – I mean, he was actually, good. I probably, yeah, I should have taken Nick Mangold there, actually. More long-term. Yeah, yeah both that too. Championship yeah. games. Yeah, that's on me. I mean, right. Mawai's in their, like, ring or so. I was, I've been to that facility, and I saw all the numbers. I mean, it's not – the old-time greats are not. <laughs> right, there's not a lot can, there. Can Sorry, I interrupt guys. this for one second? Yeah, we shouldn't have included the Jets. You're right. Yes. No, no, no. I feel no, bad. No. I mean, it's so just gonna. I look. just I got a Twitter alert. I wanted to see, so I opened it up, and then I was scrolling for half a second. I got a, a uh, I see an article here from NBC New York. Giselle candidly reveals the sacrifices she made for her husband Tom Brady, who lost two Super Bowls to the New York Giants. <laughs> what kind of Let's headline go. is that? That's, that's all the New that's York a, headlines. That's, that's a local headline. That's, that's yeah, a, that is. exactly a local headline. It's like, come oh, on, that's that last sentence. Lo- was not low hag and fruit right there. 
Continue, Eric. I'm sorry. It is. I saw that, and I had to. <laughs> I'll take my six and be happy. Listen, I had to make a choice on the defense. We had Joe Klecko, who had a career-high total at defensive tackle of seven and a half sacks. Like we said, this is what we're talking about here. Or Marty Lyons, who racked up in an 11-year career, 29 total sacks. That's who we're deciding between at defensive tackle. This is not great. We'll take Marty Lyons because he's still on the broadcast team. Uh, here's the best player probably they have, and that's Mark Gasnow, who had 22 sacks in 1984. Strahan breaks – that's who Strahan beats the record for. Oh, yeah. And is the Jets' all-time career sack leader at 74. We'll pick the only giant uh, Jet, sorry, uh, that's in the ring of honor, and that's Larry Gratham, who was a five-time All-Pro and a five-time Pro Bowler back in the New York Titans days. And uh, – this is as good as it gets from a talent perspective for this team. This is sad. I'm, I'm like, struggling here. But Darrell Rivas here at corner, no doubt. I think we all kind of know his greatness. Rivas Island through yeah. those years, absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. From 2007 to 12 and then came back in 15-16. Obviously, on both those two AFC championships. the ball with the Patriots. And just because I love the mascot down in D- Dallas, we're going to give the best safety that the Jets have ever had to Victor. Green. Okay. Picked off 24 passes in 139 games. He goes the mascot down in Dallas. Talking about the (laughs) Dallas Stars, you freaking psychopath. You know you love it. You know you love it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Best kicker, obviously, Greg Zerloin. One game and done for him as a Jet. Pretty tough, but uh, we'll take. uh, Did you do receivers or did I miss that? Yeah, Don Maynard and uh, Wesley Walker. Wesley Walker. No, Wayne. Uh, no, he was Wayne. third. Walker had 71 touchdowns right, compared fair. to uh, Shabet's. Edwards. I just met, messed up his last name. I was trying my hardest not to say it at any point during this because I was going to make that argument because I knew some Jets fans would be uh, upset about that one. But uh, the touchdown fair. numbers just have a big difference between him and Walker. And That's then uh, kicker, we'll just take uh, Nick Folk. Uh there is Pat Leahy, who's been around for 18 years, but it's the same thing as the Giants' career field goal percentage. is like 71%. Just a different time in the sport. Just a different right. time. All right. Go ahead, Ryan. So, take it from here. So, rank – everyone has to go ahead and rank those teams. I will start – I'm putting it exactly in the order Eric presented them in. Pats, one. Giants, two. Jets, three. I'm going to have to agree. I think I'm going to have to agree with it. It's close with the Giants, but I think just the the impact of Brady and Gronk alone really on that list. And then when I look at that de- defense, there's still a lot of good players there that I love with Willie McGinnis, Richard Seymour, Will Fork. Fork, like and so on. Like I, I didn't even realize. I mean, they, they didn't all play together, obviously, but – most of those guys are all part of the same team. Oops, almost not. Yeah, very now. true. Yeah, same um, both work. Yeah. Part of the same same crew. Yeah. I'm gonna do the same. I'm going Patriots, Giants, Jets. Not okay. just because I'm the Patriot fan here, but <laughs> if you look Objectively, at objectively, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like the like from 2000 to like 2018, those those Patriot teams were just miles ahead. The ironic thing is, is that 
the two giants speaking. Exactly. Yeah, the giants. Yeah, the, the, the only two of the three losses that they've had, mm-hmm. despite being in like seventy-five Super Bowls <laughs> in the past 10, 15 years. <laughs> Eric, I assume that you are on the same page, considering that's how you presented them. No, no, I'll switch it up. I'll just take the Giants just to, just to be different. I just who's stopping Lawrence Taylor on defense? You know, that's true. Uh, I, I feel like you can even Bill Belichick thinks Lawrence Taylor is like one of the best players ever in the league. Uh, Bill was, his, uh, the was his coach. Right. Bill mm-hmm. was his, uh, his yeah. Packers coach. I know to stop Tom Brady, you got to get a little pressure in the middle. But in his younger days, you could get around the edge and still get him. So I feel like Lawrence Taylor should be able to help there. Eli's solid. The group around him solid. It's just a bunch of solid guys. That's just it. I, I think they can compete. Uh, they can get to Brady, but you're pretty much like the only difference is just it's just like Tom Brady. It's just like if you really like Kay's the greatest ever, but Eli beat him twice, so why not a third time, right? Uh, Patriots second. The Jets don't even deserve to be in this conversation, really. <laughs> it is kind it, of sad. It is it sad. Really, I really. I mean, they're it. they're a later team. I mean, but they came in the same time a little as bit. the Patriots, so I can't really you, you can't really use that argument, but. And when and you're usually the yeah. the second team to come in to like especially like a New York or Chicago or whatever, I mean, granted, both Chicago teams are both old and at the same time in, in baseball at least. But we're just talking about the Mets, Yankees, Jets, Giants. It's always like Jets, Mets are like little brother. But in a way, it's not really fair because they both both of them are like one. Giants and Yankees are like a hundred years old. Whereas the other two are like half that. Not that that can fully impact the argument, but you got one's just been around for another couple of decades. Absolutely. Right. There's no Mel Hines on the Jets. No. <laughs> All right. So three out of the four of us agreed the Patriots are the best team in football between these two cities all time. Cassidy, we're going to you next. We're going to go to basketball. Give us your all-time lineups for the Knicks, Nets, and Celtics. Okay, I'll just, be quick oh, with God. only five. I was say, I'll try and be quicker than Eric on, on this one. That doesn't take much. <laughs> okay. So, do we care which order we want to start in, or just nope. go go just however you please? Dude. Okay, so we'll start with the Knicks. So I, uh, I and I'm just gonna start. I went just your basic five man like point yep. shooting, small power and center. Beautiful. Okay. So uh, point guard for the Knicks went with Walt Frazier. He's a Hall of Famer. Two, won two championships for the Knicks, which that in itself is like incredible. <laughs> uh, I went shooting guard. I went Allen Houston, two time All Star. Small forward, went mellow, 10-time All-Star, was the scoring champ while on the Knicks in 2013. Uh, power forward, went Willis Reed, Hall of Famer, was one of the, listed as one of the 50 greatest players in the NBA's history. And then at center, went Pat Ewing, 11-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, multiple times on All-NBA all second teams, defensive teams, just overall was kind of signified like 80s, Hard no 80s 90s hard nosed basketball in the NBA. Big center played physical. Was he was the face of the Knicks in those runs that they had in the 90s? 
Okay. Dang, no Cambridge Mass shout out right there. I was going to also say he also went to high school with my mom for a year. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe we left That's these cool. fun facts yeah. out. I have to lay that one in there. Yeah, so yes, you, him and my mom were at the same high school for a year. All right, That's awesome. That's a solid group. I feel like the only one that uh, the old school fans would argue. It would be interesting between Starks and Houston. I was very close on Starks. Yeah, Starks was the guy I was thinking. I was like going to go Frazier Starks, and then I was like, I don't know, because like, I, because I, Starks, I thought of more as a point guard, and I had put Walt Frazier at the point guard spot, so I was right. like, do I throw Starks at the shooting guard? That was my only one. It's I was tough. Kind of, that is it, tough. It's the like Odell argument. Go wrong. Exactly. Walt, Houston though. had the more talent, but Starks was just a hard nosed, gritty guy. Exactly. Oh, Jackie Bavaro, more argument. fan appeal yeah, to more and legend appeal. status, and right. if they're part of championship right. teams. Exactly. Which exactly. he was, because that's the last time the Knicks have uh, Even done anything to, to make their fans feel. <laughs> Starks did go three for 18, I think, in game seven and 94. So it could have been his role or whatever year they made it and it played Houston. It could have been him. He could have cemented it as it was clearly him, but he choked in game seven. <laughs> okay, next we're going to go to the team of two people that are on this show right now. Exactly. The Nets. Okay. Yeah. At point guard. Give it to us. Jason Kidd. Yes, Jeff. That's the correct David. answer. That is yes. The correct answer. Good answer. Good answer. Five-time All-NBA first team. Love I was going to put he also was a champion, but didn't win that with the Nets. Yeah, <laughs> he no, he left the Nets to get that. I was happy for him. Hey, he went to two with the Nets. <laughs> he did go to two with the Nets. He, yeah, he just the, team the, the two worst teams to play in the finals. <laughs> yeah, that, any other Western teams, they probably would have won. But, you know, Lakers, Spurs in peak <laughs> form is not ideal. Okay. Shooting guard. Vince Carter. Nice. I think that's also the right answer. Vince Sanity. Won the rookie of the year. You know, multiple, been in the league for 20, it was in the league for 22 years, which is just actually insane. Throwing down dunks, man. Honestly, one of the most athletic players in the history of the NBA. Like, honestly, still, I don't think there there are some guys that are athletes in the NBA, but Vince Carter at his peak was another level athlete. Uh, Let's see. Small forward. I went with Dr. J. Julius Irving. Yeah, you, yeah, it, that's the right that answer. That is the unanimous decision. One-time NBA list, champ, I two-time think. ABA yeah. champ. Like you just can list every other thing that Julius Irving has done. Yeah. Like just a, a page. He's got her only championship. Granted, right. they're ABAs, but hey, we take power forward. I went. I went just based on the player himself, not really with the Nets, but player himself. <laughs> That's generous. That's allowed. That's allowed. That is I allowed. went Kevin Durant at the power forward. That's the no, right answer. I take it back. <laughs> no, I take it back. I want to pay whoever. <laughs> I don't even know. That's the right answer. I don't care what Devin says. Hasn't That's done, the right it is. Hasn't though. done a lot for the Nets. But just probably one of the pure scores in the NBA history. Every show talks about center yet. Wait, I'm curious to hear center. Two-time champ, two-time MVP, four-time scoring champ. Those numbers, I couldn't leave them out of the lineup. Okay, and center, I had a tough time with center because it's I couldn't really (laughs) figure out one. It's Josh Boone. Are you kidding me? I went with like a. Did you go Brooke Lopez? Flash. (laughs) 
I said Brooke Lopez. Brooke oh, Lopez. Kenyon Martin. Oh, Kenyon Martin. It, it, it's Brooke Lopez, yeah. all-time leading scorer. I was, I was going to yeah, say yeah, Brooke Lopez Brooke just Lopez. solo, but then I was like, I don't know. People might be like, it can't be Brooke Lopez. Guy but... was no, just it's awesome. Brooke Lopez. But Brooke Lopez, multiple-time All-Star, now an NBA champ, but like yeah. former like defensive, like all-defense team, was the center of the Nets for literally like a, like, a decade. You, you're telling me that, team. like, a season of DeAndre Jordan was not enough? You know, he was close. He he, he was <laughs> – Blake Griffin, you, you forgot about that. Um, <laughs> uh, Ram played center in those playoff series. We could have pushed him. He did. I could, I could have pushed yeah, him down center. <laughs> Fun fact, though, about Brooke Lopez, big nerd, big comic guy. Big, he is. A huge nerd. So take okay. that as you wish. It, it was too bad with the end of his career because, as a net, obviously. Yeah, he, but at least they got him. Right now, his end of his career is going great, but as a net, he got those rough years where they were. Yeah, he had to play on some he really had some, bad teams. Only like a couple of good seasons, and it was really just, eh. Yeah, and when they won those seasons, it was just Brook Lopez. Like the reason yeah. why they won mm-hmm. the games, it was, was Brook Lopez. Lopez. He was the only reason why. You know, very whatever. true. Whatever they won, 2014, whatever the hell those seasons were, but it was ugly for a couple of years. It was literally Brooke Lopez is the only reason why. All right. Okay. And let's go to the Celtics. And now for the Boston Celtics. This one's going to be interesting. My team. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. At point guard, went real old school. Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy. The All legend. Right. Six don't say time. That. Don't say six that. I was just going to say, yeah, JJ, you already know my feelings about JJ Reddick just in general. So, <laughs> six time champ, one time MVP, 13 time All Star. Shooting guard, Havlicek, eight time champ, 13 time All Star. Small forward, the legend, Larry Bird, three time champ, three time MVP, rookie of the year. Power forward, I couldn't really pick one. I was kind of stuck between two guys that I thought both were pretty much up there for power forward, kind of slash center in the league, and I with McHale and Parrish, both of which were dominant, imposing players, played on some very good teams, like the were part of like the Larry Bird, McHale, and Parrish Celtics. If not for like the '80s Lakers and Magic, could have been who knows how many championships and it honestly created one of the best rivalries in the NBA's history. Right. Save the history, really. And then center, probably the easiest person on this entire list was Bill Russell. Yeah. 11 time champ, five time MVP, literally won at every level he ever competed at or coached at like just talk, talk more accolades than you can like, actually even read and yeah honestly if not like he not i wouldn't say he was the greatest player ever in the nba but he was definitely the greatest winner ever in the right. nba yeah just a great man yes perfect way of putting it yep. yeah he was Absolutely. it's surprising then, go ahead Cass. Go. and yeah that's my uh team i was close to throwing in some more recent players yeah. but i think if you're gonna go all time the accolades, those guys, legends. Yeah, yeah. Right. the accolades. Yeah. Like KG would get a shot. KG was. I was thinking shot KG. With but with this franchise, there's no way they just don't make it. Yeah, KG yeah. doesn't have KG, 
Paul Pierce. Uh, Paul Pierce yeah, is up there as one of the top oh, three scores in Celtics history. You you're talking Ray about Allen if you wanted to. You're Ray talking Allen. about KG and Paul Pierce on the Brooklyn Nets, right? Yes, yeah, those you guys. You can make guys. an argument for them on that team, too. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he could have been there for centers on the Nets. That's a good one. I didn't even think of that. Sad part is, is one of those years was one of the good years with Roque yeah. Lopez. Yes, but they made it to the second round. Yeah. <laughs> and that was when they had that really hot January. It was like, hey, maybe they might do something. And then it just fizzled away and played and then- nothing in this just looking Sad. into the future, this list at some point will include also Jason Tatum as one of the <laughs> yeah, he's making yeah, it. Yeah. He's he, all time great. He, like he's very, very good, but I don't know. That's a tough hill to climb. That's I'm being a, very hopeful. Yeah, and like talent wise, yes. I'm gonna talk it into yes. existence. But that's gonna end up happening with like every you're gonna make a list 10, 20 years from now for any team. You're going to say the most recent guys if you're purely going off talent because yeah. that's the nature of things. But longevity has gone but no, yeah. out the window almost. But I'll say the, the toughest ones were the big like the big three. Like the Paul Pierce, KG, Allen, were, yeah. were all there. That's fresh place. for you. But I couldn't I just couldn't put them over the person that I had picked for yeah, you can. their position. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right. Eric, rank them. Uh, uh, obviously Nets, Knicks, Celtics, obvious, right? We're all good with that. We don't have to keep this conversation going, right? We <laughs> yeah, all, we're okay. all good here. We're all Delusional good. land, I'd love to. <laughs> tree. Uh, I, I think the only answer is Celtics, Knicks, and the Nets. You know, those guys can compete on the Nets, but I just there's too many they, like yeah. legit like classic legends. I mean, the Nets have they do have a great legend and. Dr. Dre. I mean, there are legends. The yeah, really, it depends it's not what like, the is. Same yeah. the Knicks. I mean, all of those teams are actually, I would take any of those starting fives. Yes, absolutely. I, am I getting Prime, Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, Kevin Durant, and sure. uh, Brooke Lopez? <laughs> because or are you getting those, them on the Nets? <laughs> yeah, or am I getting them on the Nets? Because those <laughs> We're only guys taking Jason are, Kidd are beating and the uh, Dr. J. Hey, yeah, Vince Prime Doctor J. If I get those five, even if I get Nets Vince next Carter, prime, I'll take. Them. Yeah, yo, Richard Jefferson, baby. Richard Je- <laughs> <laughs> I saw Richard Jefferson. When I was looking this up. I was like, oh yeah, Richard Jefferson. He was in that. Yeah, they were good teams. They made two uh, two NBA championships. Yeah, Just Richard Jefferson should have been in the consideration. He needed nice. If they got one. If they really got that one, then. No, but Prime Spurs and Prime Lakers. You're not winning. No. I don't care who you are. So are we all? In I'll, I'll just take the Knicks two. I'll take Celtics. the Knicks two. Yeah, I'm gonna Celtics. go. I'm gonna go with that. I agree. Celtics, Knicks, Nets in that yeah. order. Agreed. Yeah, Chris will Amazing. be happy. Chris will be very happy with the, the Knicks. The, the Knicks were at well, the, the bottom of our. I list. think now Eric's already thinking about changing his mind just to <laughs> stick it. Not- to him. <laughs> I mean, you all could. Right. I could. I'm not, I'm not going enough. to. Yeah. Chris okay. will make an argument for like uh, Chris stops for Zingas to somehow make the list. I don't want to make that. We don't need let's, that. We don't need that name. Those thoughts. Devin, go ahead with baseball. All right. Put on my glasses. I gotta, I gotta read these guys. Devin's oh, become man. an old man. No, nah, I mean I can still read. This is just this is just smart to do this now. <laughs> still spry. Um. Yankees is a it's easy to narrow down, but then once you decide it's impossible because it's <laughs> right. Yankees. 
But uh, here we go. Catcher, I'm going with. And this is tough because there's two really guys tough. that you can go with. But I'm going to lean Yogi Berra for several reasons. A, name alone is pretty awesome. Awesome name. Yep, name. Agreed. You ever been to Yogi Berra Stadium where the New Jersey Jackals play and they have Yogi Berra Museum right there? It's great. Great man. And he's got yogiisms. It ain't over till it's over. It's the stupidest thing, but it's classic, legendary, and people use it all the time. Even though when you literally break it down, it's very redundant. But it's Yogi Berra. I'm not going to tell him no. Cr- ridiculous stats, all, iconic moments. Not only longevity. Yankee history, longevity in baseball history. The no hitter, the perfect game in the playoffs. He caught. It, you name it, he's there doing it. Also, you could have went with Jorge Posada, which I love. I'm not even a Yankee fan, obviously, but I always loved Jorge Posada. Great guy, great catcher, but I'll lean Yogi Berra. First base, Lou Gehrig. It's pretty easy right there. I mean, you got Don Mattingly. I'll just t- mention Don, Donnie Baseball to throw him in there. Unfortunately, he was on the yeah. 80s uh, Yanks, which – was a great decade among baseball fans because the Yankees did absolutely nothing in the 80s, so that must have been great. Just like the last decade we just had, they did nothing, so it's wonderful times to be alive. Yeah, but, but those uh, 80s teams were terrible. At least they, they were awful. So teams when you do look at Don Mattingly's stats, though, it is pretty remarkable because they were awful, yeah. and the Red Sox were pretty good in the 80s. The Blue Jays were good in the 80s. That was when they started to actually be good, so – it was a down time for the Yanks, but Donnie was good. But I'm going to go with Lou Gehrig there. I feel like there's nothing else yeah, to say for him. Uh, <laughs> this is an interesting one. I feel like very interesting. I was I'm very curious. So I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go with Robinson Cano. I think that's the right answer. I think it's I the really right do. answer. I struggled because I had really to look it up one. because I was like, re- that was the one. I was like, so every, almost every one. other position, I was like, I could think of a guy. Right, second baseman. I was like, eh, that's where it took a it took a little bit. It takes a little I, bit, and it's either Cano or Tony Lazari. Lazari, Lazari, and okay. you can go either way there. But I think I'm going to go with Cano for recency bias. Right, and Lazari's only a one time. Cano was an unbelievable player. Right, uh, there's effortless. Everything he looked did would looked effortless, and. uh was on good teams, won a ring. I'm pretty sure he was on the 09 team. Yeah, he's on the 09 team. Uh, and uh, there you go with the second base, the third base. The craziest thing about Cano is when he came up in 05, he batted ninth. That's absurd. Because he was literally would bat nine on, on ninth on that team constantly. Right, he, and it wasn't even like he wasn't good. Like he was good that no, year. No, he, he, he would almost he would he would routinely bat, bat 300 or around there. He right. could get you 30 bombs. He was hitting you 10 to 30, depending on the year somehow. Right. You always got your RBIs. You're just timely hitting a really good eye, forces you to throw good pitches. Mm-hmm. One of those guys. Third base, another interesting one here. I think Very you're gonna. Ha- I gotta go with a Rod. But for yeah. the old purists out there, you can go Craig. Greg Nettles. Yep, Greg Nettles. Um, I was gonna lean Nettles just for the glove. Nettles. Yeah, you could do that. I, th- I think that that's not a bad idea. A Rod has the MVP in the ring. In the ring, and that ring that he got numbers. pretty much on his own. Yeah. I mean, he does have the steroid thing you can throw in there. He does. But you so still does have Cano, to, though. 
So does Cano, and a lot of guys that should be in the Hall of Fame anyway. Yeah. Because the ster- the steroid, you still have to be good at baseball. It doesn't mean if I take steroids, I'm magically going to become Barry Bonds. I'm just going right. to be a bloated, unhealthy man with <laughs> chemicals in me. So not how it works for me and the Hall of Fame baseball players. But the sad thing about that, Barry, side note, Barry Bonds would have probably still been a Hall of Fame player, no question, if he didn't do steroids. but. Either way, Hall of Fame, the end of that discussion. Shortstop, I'm going with the captain, Derek Jeter. Yep. Um, that's that. Outfield, outfield's tough because there's like yeah, a boatload of dudes. There's a lot of guys I do like personally that were that could be on the list anyway. But I think for sake of I could I can go the route that Cassie did with legendary legends here, and I can just do Babe Ruth. Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, all legends, goats among there. But I also was a big Bernie Williams guy, phenomenal player. I could throw him on there. Dave Winfield, another mm-hmm. fantastic outfielder. Um, and then I kind of threw in DH just for the American League teams here. So the Red Sox will have a DH. The Mets do not have a DH. Reggie Jackson. For yep. the uh, Mr. October, so I got Mr. November and Mr. October on the list here. <laughs> uh, pitching Whitey Ford, uh, Andy Pettit, and Rod Guidry. I even threw Mariano in there just for a yeah, he's the closer, closer so and he's the greatest cl- closer of all time. Yep, that is the Yankees. We can go to the Mets here. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. Mets got some good players here, some fun, some fun guys here. Uh, Mike Piazza is your uh, your catcher. Could also go Gary Carter, but mainly he was known as a expo. But uh, just to give some love to Gary Carter there, but I'm gonna go with Piazza, and that'll that's for our our Mets fans friends. I know if if I didn't put Met, Mike Piazza on here, I'd probably get jumped at some point in the next 24 hours. If any of those guys hear Tra- me, Travis Darno didn't make your list. No, I don't think <laughs> – I think then I definitely get jumped <laughs> if I put him as number number one. No, I'm going to put Luis Castillo for second base for uh, dropping that pop-up. Uh, good times, good times. Yeah, Eric remembers <laughs> that game. Uh, first base, Keith Hernandez. This is also tough MVP. here. Uh, but he's arguably one of the best defensive first basemen of all time. Um. Also a slightly annoying announcer in in a fun way. He's kind of solid. It's you know, he's good though. It's, it's he's good. always gonna tell you just how he's gonna do it, his personal yeah. like spin, you know, Keith, but that's Keith, and that's part of it. Um don't need to dwell on that anymore. You could go Carlos Delgado, but he split his career, Jays, Mets here and there, but uh good there. You can even throw in John Olerund. Can never pronounce his name, but he he played all over the place. Second base, I uh, went with Edgardo Alfonso. I feel like most Mets fans will Mets fans will agree with that. Uh, third base, David Wright. I feel I would feel wrong right. if I didn't put David Wright mm-hmm. on here. Yeah, uh, wish he never. Place. One of the most likable guys, I think, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, and a great player. Unfortunate what happened near the end of his career with that back problem. Right. Uh, Shortstop Jose Reyes, I think that's another another guy. You can't 
can't leave off there. Just he had ridiculous numbers in his prime for the Mets. Uh, let's head on to the outfield. We got Cleon Jones from the Miracle Mets, 69 Mets. Fun fact about that, my accountant's cat, his name is Cleon, or Cleon Jones. <laughs> so there you go, big old Mets fan. Great and, fun uh, fact. Yeah, That's fun an amazing fact. fun fact. Sorry, say he's a cool account. He's not your typical account, as we know several accounts. Uh, Ryan and the, Ryan we the know three accountants. It's like, why do I, I do this? Trust <laughs> one of the accountants. Yes. So there's that. Uh, outfielder, we got Carlos Beltran. Another one. Okay. Then we have Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry, that let's go. Awesome. Shout out to the classic there. Uh, pitchers, let's go Tom Seaver. Can't leave Tom Seaver off. Then we got mm-hmm. Jacob DeGrom. I feel like he is just at this point. Yeah, when he is healthy and playing, mm-hmm. he is just unbelievable. He could arguably right. be the best pitcher of all time. You can bring that in when you consider all eras and all that nonsense when you talk about baseball because baseball is kind of tough in that sense because it is such a long history and uh, total different eras and skill sets, athleticism, blah blah blah, all that. Shout out Rob Hall of brainstorm or barnstorming. Exactly, barnstorming. Uh, that was great. Uh, that class was awesome, and he was wonderful as uh, that professor. Great guy. <laughs> um, Dwight Gooden finish it out uh, as the starters there, and then I want to go with Tug McGraw as the best closer. Awesome. A little more longevity than Billy Wagner could have also went with him. Yeah. Uh, but he was only really had four years with the Mets. Did have four very good years with very the Mets, good but years. but I'm gonna go with Tug. He's Tug McGraw is a pretty good name. Yeah, that's a fun not name. Gonna yeah, it is a good not going to f- gonna die, deny Tug. I feel like our tiebreaker so Love. far has been who has the better name, and yeah, then that's where we go crap. with. That's, yeah, like, not even that stats. It's just what's Oh, no, I think it's, it's – And that, I think that's part of it. You have to consider that. That's It's, it's a major factor. Right. Deciding factor. Now let's head up north. I'm excited. Our friends Boston. up in Boston. Uh, which I still have to go see a game up there. You do. To see a game up at Fenway. So this one's pretty easy at catcher, even though there's another guy that could get some love, but I feel like you got to go Cartland Fisk. Yeah. I have to do that, even though I was going to give some love. Veritech is a very close second. Veritech, exactly, if you're like, especially for you, the young or Red Sox fan. Then we got Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox at first base. And we second base, we got Bobby Doerr. But I also consider Classic. Dustin Pedroia. Dustin Pedroia would be a War another, hero, Bobby Doerr. Exactly. Uh, Bobby Doerr is a legend. Yeah, because Bobby Doerr's got some unbelievable numbers. Pedroia's got, got great numbers, got an MVP and a couple of World Series. So it's really flip a coin between those two, I feel like. It's preference. Uh, third base, Wade Boggs. Yeah. Pretty easy there. I'm not going to go. Devers. Could be on pace, man. I mean, he's got great. Honestly, if, he's if we keep on as hell, if the Red Sox get rid of this um, <laughs> this mentality of a big big market team, but small market like feel, I don't know why mm-hmm. they do that. Like, oh, let's it's not. You have the money and you got to compete in that division. Well, thank you. But that's your problem, and I yeah. like it that way. So, too many teams to worry about. Including the Rays, and I can go on a whole. <laughs> oh no, no, we don't need you going into a race. <laughs> We're beating them tonight, by the way. <laughs> so there we go. Go Jays. 
Big series. <laughs> Huge series. Shortstop. Shortstop. Shortstop Xander Bogarts. I'm gonna be bold here. Oh, that is numbers wise. He is Xander. He's got some rings or one ring. Uh, two, or two, two rings. And he's got. I think he stays on the page. He could be if they keep him. If they keep if him. If they keep him as well, yeah. Um, but you could have went Johnny Pesky or your boy Nomar Garcia Para. I forgot when I was doing my research. Nomar was he traded during the yeah. O Force? That is so sad mm-hmm. to me because I love Nomar. Great he player. He was a great analyst on baseball tonight. Growing up, always loved watching. I him. just recently learned he calls games for the Dodgers. Didn't that's, even know that. That's sad <laughs> if I was you. But no, I mean, that's, well, that's cool. At least he's still around. This, yeah. no. I would stay in L.A. for now before oh, that's where he's California from, becomes some kind of no, – Nomar has to be the player that I did not know before the podcast whose name appears on this podcast more often than not. He's that's awesome. Garcia Parra, that's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's awesome sorry. and part of one of the best – Power sports couples in all uh, the. I the forgot US. about that. Who's he married to again? What's uh, Mia Ham? Mia Ham. Wow, that wow. is. A, mm-hmm. gosh, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> all right, DH, easy, big poppy. David Ortiz cannot leave him off the list. Even if I was leaving DH off the list, I would just throw him in. You could put him as first baseman. First base. He's played so, there a couple times. Sorry, <laughs> Fox, but David. David <laughs> it's it's big, pop, it's big poppy. There's no need. Uh, outfield, we got Yastrzemski, Carl Yastrzemski. Yep. Uh, Ted Williams. I'm not leaving Ted Williams off. Then we got Tris or Trees. I can't even pronounce his name. Speaker. He's one of those guys that played back in before time. <laughs> before time. <laughs> when, uh, when there were some questionable laws out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, his numbers were ridiculous, and I kept looking – when I kept looking up stuff for the Red Sox – his name kept showing up, but I will give some love to Jim Rice. Jim Rice, I, I, I feel like say, I can't, I can't leave Jim Rice off there. Legend. Maybe now I works. should. I'll replace. Was an announcer. Rice. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Manny Ramirez, I could throw Manny on there. A little fun there, and to even be more bold and more of a jab kind of Mookie. Mookie Betts. Could throw Mookie. Yeah, on Mookie there Betts as well. So, a lot of lot of good guys to choose from there. Uh, Fred Lynn. Even yep. Lynn's another guy, so you forget the Red Sox got a lot, a lot more. You know, they have the big gap, but they were still good teams. Yeah, like the eighties you know, had some. They just didn't win any World Series. Yeah, until Theo had to break the curse, and he was doing it for everybody. Not everybody, only two teams, but you know, <laughs> that's everybody in that's professional everybody. sports. <laughs> if more than two, if you help win championships with more than two teams and break hundred-year-old mythical curses essentially because baseball is the only sport where that kind like yeah it's not real but like in baseball like it's real because baseball is just a weird weird ass game and like it's i feel like it's the most most uh superstitious in that sense uh pitchers let's go to cy young because it's cy young the the literal name understandable yeah i think that's it uh pedro martinez love pedro uh, and this is where it's going to get controversial, but I'm going to put Roger Clemens. I mean, it can still be controversial. I could throw 
Kurt Schilling on there if I wanted to. Or... <laughs> he goes, please don't. That, yeah, no. <laughs> that guy is questionable. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> or even Josh Beckett. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with those three guys. And then okay. Papelbon. I'll put Papelbon for your closer. There's a couple other guys to choose from, but I'm going to go with Papelbon in his prime. He was pretty lights out, won a couple of rings. All right. There's the teams. Devin, what is your order? And then we'll we'll go around. My order, I mean, that's tough, but I think I, you got to go Yankees. Yankees, Red Sox, Mets. I think that's, that's the order. Okay. That's... That's the order. You can make an argument for the Red Sox. Yeah, I think, you can. But I, I think it's, yeah. it's tight, but yeah, I'll give that the Yankees that you pick. It I'll give just, that team the edge yeah. over the, the yeah. Red Sox that they yeah. would go up against. Mets are definitely third. It's it's debatable between the yeah. other two, but I think Yankees definitely. are one. I mean, I mean, the Mets guy. That's a solid team. Yeah, if the Mets had a closer, I'd really like that pitching staff where that yeah. could be a little funky. Where they yeah, the pitching really staff series. is yeah is pretty good. I'll take yeah. the Red Sox one of Cy Young with Pedro and Roger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. also pretty good, too. Juice I mean, up, Roger, that. or no juice? Yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the one year he had with the Blue Jays, Cy Young. So that, that, <laughs> that was a thing. I'm pretty sure that's this hat. I think that's this era. Which is Ryan, did you know Cy Young was an actual person? Yes, or did I did. Or did you just think the I award did. was just named I knew he was a person. I mean, he's Relax like old as, oh, old as balls, hell. man. Yeah. Hey, his name is Cy Young. I mean, who's naming their kids Cy C-Y? That's an old baseball name. Boomer Honest is Cy. Yes, Triz, is that, do you even know how to pronounce this? I, no, no clue. T-R-I-S. I should have looked up the pronunciation. Triss. Triss. Well, I'm an idiot. Triss. Triss is. <laughs> Tris, but like, who's naming? Not, not yeah. knowing many Triss speaker. Speakers out there. All right, all right. So we Let's all do that hockey. Let's go. For those of you keeping score, Boston is currently up two one in the city battle. Um, and see what happens with hockey. All right. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with Ooh. the worst team out there, the New York Islanders. I, I I dislike the Philadelphia Flyers more. Are you but... not including the Devils in this because they're Jersey? The, yeah, the Devils are good. Are good respect. They got so, to respect. Just represent Jersey. State, baby. Just the dirty Jersey. So yeah. New, York, New York Islanders. Five. All of actually all of these players come from the dynasty they had in the 1980s. There's nobody more recent or nobody earlier than that. <laughs> Um, no, John Tavares. Yeah, so I had funny. him on here until I realized <laughs> that booted until I realized that uh, there was the positions I thought certain players played did not. Like I thought Brian Trottier was a winger. He was a center. I thought, yeah. So, all right. We're going with on the left wing, Clark Gillies. Uh, I'm just going to do the full line. Clark Gillies, Brian Trottier, and Mike Bossy. Um, unbelievable team. First line. Um, they, they won four straight Stanley cups, the, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. Mike boss is one of the greatest players to ever live. Um, and Brian Trotje had a really, really nice career, even outside of being on the Islanders. He was with the penguins for a little bit, uh, coached the Rangers though, for one year and then oh. they fired him. So, uh, can't have that bad karma, that bad juju there. Yeah. Um, 
On defense, you got Ken Morrow, Olympic legend, more so than even Islanders legend, I would say. He was on that Lake Placid team. And uh, Denny Poffin, one of the greatest defensemen ever, um, even though he, he is the scumbag that Rangers fans have uh, have allowed themselves to come there up with for. Poffin sucks. That is him. Denny that Poffin. Wow, that's that's how old that goes. That's pretty yep. cool. So – Pettiness yeah. at its finest degree, right there. Love sports, exactly. Oh, yeah, love it. <laughs> Danny Poppin, you know, he's he's a he was a very good defenseman for the Islanders. I think he's the leading point getter for by defenseman, pretty up there, just on the all time list. And he's currently an announcer with the Florida Panthers, and um, which Random, is weird because don't think he ever, yeah, exactly. Probably moved down to Florida and was like, I want to get back into hockey, and then the Panthers came. So I mean, that's like any like old announcer doing a Tampa Bay Rays game, like. Not like I hey I played for the Rays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> and then the in goal, Billy Smith. Um, he's the only, I think, Islanders goalie with over 200 wins. Uh, um, the next best one was Rick DiPietro, I think. So we all know the story with old Ricky Boy. So <laughs> classic uh, man. He was on the list of worst contracts in sports history. Yeah, so I don't think he they're still bad. paying him until 2829. So it's almost a Bobby Bonilla type it's situation. It's exactly what it was compared to. Wow! Leave it to the, leave it to the other New York teams to do that. That's really funny. Exactly. That's what I said I, on that the episode. Don't be did. blue and orange in New York. Guys. If you are blue and orange in New York, you can, you can guarantee you give out bad bad contracts. And we talk about the Knicks with Joachim Noah and some other. Oh God! I forgot mm. about that. Joachim Noah. Why didn't I think of putting him on the top? Oh, God, <laughs> how much money did they give him? Uh, <laughs> something stupid. I don't remember what the money was, but yeah. Uh, Jim, Blue and orange. Jim Dolan, in New York. baby. I'm sure yep. you love Jim Dolan. Oh, as as my the guy who's still technically my my employer. I won't say no comment. <laughs> I forgot about that. So moving on to the other side of New York, the better side of New York, the team that actually plays in Manhattan, the New York Rangers. Um, Left wing, Adam Graves, absolutely upstanding citizen, is with the team as an ambassador now, really, really good, was on that Stanley Cup team. Uh, Met him a couple different times. Just Besides just being a phenomenal player, that was very, very important to those uh, 90s Rangers Again, just a really, really good guy. Love him. Uh, has his – he's the only – sorry. He's one of the five of the six players on this list, one of five that has their jersey retired by the Rangers. So wow. moving over to the center, Mark Messier. I mean, he's one of the greatest players of all time. You cannot leave him off this list, even though I did debate putting on Ryan Spooner, Boston Bruins legend. Just kidding. Legend. Not going there. Um, Mark, like, what more can you say about Mark Messier? The captain, the guarantee against the Devils in '94. Um, you know, gets it done, goes to game seven. Then we get the Stefan Matteau, and then they go to Vancouver. He wins them their first Stanley Cup since 1940. Just incredible. On the right, we got Mr. Ranger Rod Gilbert, the all time point getter in Rangers history. Super, super valuable. Uh, and important to the history of the Rangers. He passed away last year. The Rangers wore patches on their sweaters this year in memory of him. And they even introduced a Mr. Ranger award this year for the first time. That was uh, Chris Kreider won uh, over a thousand points. 
again, he was the first, I think the first Ranger to have their number retired. Um, number seven, Rod Gobert, just absolutely incredible defense. Another guy that spent some time with both the Rangers and the Bruins, even though the Bruins was, I think only like a year. Um, and it was to very much so towards the end of his career, Brian Leach, uh, mm-hmm. one of four American defensemen or one of five American defensemen now to win a Norris trophy. Brian Leach, again, so important. The best defenseman in Rangers history by far. Um, what more can you say? Another guy that was integral on that 94 Stanley Cup team. On the other side, this was the one that was a little bit tougher. I debated between a, between two, three guys. or f- I had yeah three guys that I was between for this other spot. It was uh, Sergei Zubov, who was also on that 94 team. You know, he went on to have a really, really good career outside of the Rangers. Uh, Adam Fox, I kind of was looking at that as a a future thing. I mean, he's already won a Norris Trophy in his second season. He's one of those five American defensemen to win a Norris Trophy. Um, And then the guy I ended up going with was Ron Greshner. I always hear his name, never really looked into his stats and how good he was. He was a really good Ranger for a really long time, um, way before my time, way before even 94 but he's the second best defenseman or the second best point def- uh, scoring defenseman in Rangers history. So going with the two of them and in goal, number 30, Henrik Lundqvist, the absolute king of the Rangers, ha- quickest guy to have his jersey retired, 50 plus records with the Rangers, even you know a bunch of NHL history, number five on the all-time wins list. He is Far and away the best goalie on this list between the three teams. Um, and I just really like the guy that the Bruins have. So, Hank, what more can I say? I was so honored to be able to be there for his retirement night. Love that, man. And then moving over to Boston, I'm sure Cassidy will have some opinions on this. Left wing was tough. Not really. But just because I wanted to debate between a recency bias and who I actually think is the best player in, in Bruins history on left wing, Johnny Busick. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably, he's thinking he's number two in scoring in Bruins history. Really, really important for the, the Bruins teams of past. Just uh, he had to be on this list. There's no way to leave him off. If I was going to choose my grandfather's favorite player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he just, you know, he defined the era of Bruins hockey. Um, um, if I was going to flip to the right wing, I could have put the other guy. The other guy I was debating between was actually Brad Marchand. Um, he's just been, re- despite him being the nose faced killer, the rat of the Atlantic <laughs> division. Um, he's, he's a really freaking talented player and knows how to get under your skin, but Johnny Buse, uh, Johnny Busick it is at center. Um, Patrice Bergeron, he, you kind of had to go with him. He's been around for so long, finally got the C he's deserved for many, many years mm-hmm. when Chara's play started to dip. Um, what is it? Seven Selkie trophies for best defensive player on top of all the points has been a stable of the last 15 years of Bruins hockey. Um, it was close, but Bergeron had to be it. And on the right wing, I debated between uh, Cam Neely and the guy I ended up going with. I went with Rick Middleton. Um, that's just another name you really hear when you talk about Bruins hockey. Rick Middleton, you know, he's he's a the, the right wing was tough because there's not a lot of high point scores, but there's just a lot of guys that 
defined what it meant to be a Bruin in the 70s, 80s um, with the tough play and just – it's Rick Middleton. Um, hockey fans know him. He's one of the guys that never gets forgotten. On defense, um, you have what may be the greatest defender to ever play the game, number four, Bobby Orr. He has one of the most iconic shots in all of hockey when he scored the game-winning goal against St. Louis, flying through the air. Is a statue of that outside TD Garden. There's no debate that Bobby Orr should be mm-hmm. on this list. Agreed. And on the on the other side, guy that unfortunately did not get to win a Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins, but the Bruins did right by him. They moved him to the Colorado Avalanche so he could win his yeah, Stanley fun. Cup. And the iconic call: "Come get the cup, Raymond Bork." <laughs> you know, Ray mm-hmm. Bork. Just a again. I believe it was Rick Middleton whose number got retired, and that's when Bork switched to number 77, right? Because mm-hmm. Middleton wore seven. So, so um, two guys who had to you know, have their numbers retired in Boston. One had to give up their number so the other one could have their jersey retired. And uh, in goal, this is going to be a controversial opinion because I know Boston is very, very low on him right now after what happened in the bubble two years ago to Garask. I, it, it was, you know, Tim Thomas is up there, Jerry Cheevers. Um, but Tuca has the best numbers. And he, again, he, he kept the, obviously the Bruins had a really good team, have had a really good team for a while. But when Tim Thomas left, he was the guy and he just kind of got thrown into it. And even before that, he was kind of like, you know, almost playing 1A until the 2011 run. I mean, him and Tim Thomas were kind of split in time a little mm-hmm. bit. So, um, d- you know, don't at me. Tuka Rask is the best goalie in, in Bruins history, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, and yeah, that's what I got. Okay. Uh, uh, it's tough. tough. I agree with most of your picks on the Bruins, honestly. Is there anyone that you would have replaced? I might have put Char in on one of the... instead of Bork, maybe. Yeah, yeah, just for winning played for the team for like 12 years and then won a championship. I might've put Char in, but that's about, yeah, I don't mind the Tuca one. Like you said, it, maybe Thomas gets it over for the Stanley cup win, but yeah. But then Tim, Tim Thomas then crawled into a bunker and he did crawl him. into a bunker and, and then hasn't been heard from since. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's always kind of a, that loses what some happened? points. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, my order, I'm going to go with here. Um, it's really a, a debate of who do you think is better of Mark Messier or Bobby Orr at their position. It's a really t- it's a toss up because Messier is probably five, six, somewhere around there in NHL history for like greatest forwards. Whereas Bobby Orr is probably like one, two, three for best defenseman. But then in terms of Lundqvist versus Rask, Lundqvist has the edge there. So I'm going to go Rangers one, Bruins two, Islanders three. Stuff didn't Messier play with somebody else for a while too? Like didn't he played. He was with Edmonton. Yeah, with he, Edmonton. He played. Anything? So I think he played six or seven, uh, eight years maybe with with Edmonton, and then he could maybe nine something like that. Comes over to the Rangers. I think he played seven or eight seasons with the Rangers. Oh, that's still solid. But yeah. They were broken up. He played I think six consecutively, and then left for two or three seasons for Vancouver, and then came back for another two uh, or three. Okay. Um, but I mean, Mark Messier also that. The the home 
excuse me, the home opener after 9-11. I mean, he's out there with the fireman's helmet on, repping the city. Um, yeah. I just, for a lot me, of moments for that, too. Exactly. and Sports uh, in the New York area. You know, this big, tough guy, Baldy, you know, one of the toughest, you know, big, big tough guy, Jersey retirement, instantly starts crying. Yeah. Like, so if he's a softy, he's a toughie. I say Rangers, Bruins, Islanders. Cass? I'm going to go Bruins, Rangers, Islanders. I think because it kind of comes down to a skill versus like physicality type thing because most of the guys you picked were members of the Big Bad Bruins of like the 80s that kind of like I I go with that type of style and go Bruins, Rangers, Islanders. That's fair. It's definitely closer between the Rangers and the Bruins than it is between any of the others and the Islanders. Eric, Devin. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'm going to take the Rangers because I'm just going to take the best goalie, which is Lundqvist. I think goalie keeping matters in the sport. Uh, then I'll take the Bruins, the close second, and the Islanders right behind. I have the Messier things just real quick. Uh, so amazingly, at 19, he gets called up for Edmonton. From 19 to 30, he's with Edmonton. At 31, he's with the Rangers. From 31 to 36, so that's wow. six years. From 1991 to 1997. Then goes for three years for Vancouver, 97, 98, 98, 99, 99, 2000. And then four more years with the Rangers till 43 years old from 00. Dude, hockey players do all the time. It's so weird. I guess because you are on skates, so it's like your joints aren't getting pounded as much. But like your concussions – like yeah. everything else doesn't make sense in that, but I mean credit to hockey players because I feel like there's just a lot of guys. Like, I mean, Chara played forever. A guy like that shouldn't. Right. I mean, I feel like he's, being that big shouldn't last that long. He technically hasn't retired yet, but it does sound yeah. like he pretty Joe probably Thornton. is. Joe Thornton yep. still playing? Isn't he? He's like still 50? playing. He's looking for another team. He's forty-five. Bruins legend Thornton. Joe Thornton. Yeah, I love Joe Thornton. Yeah, I remember, Jumbo he's Joe baby. Backyard hockey. Patrick oh, Marlowe, Ryan Getzlaff, all these guys that just retired this year. Like, like, quite possibly one of the best I mean, players Patrick ever drafted Elias by the Bruins. Like 38 or something. Barely uh, played for the Bruins. Ovechkin's, I feel like, 800 years old, and he's still yeah. Alex Ovechkin. I mean, from goal, goalies is where you see them less often be older. Um, but I mean, yeah, you got a forty-one. Yeah, at some point your legs just kind of like they yeah, got a forty-one. It's like being a catcher, goalie. you're not. Yeah. It's, it's not going to work out. In Buffalo, they got Craig Anderson, forty-one years old, is coming back. He was supposed to retire two years ago. He retired and then came out of retirement. Oh, I'm coming back. Yep. <laughs> I ain't leaving. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'd I'd rank. I'm going to go Bruins just solely based off of Bobby Orr. And his name, just the name Bobby Orr, I feel like just the legend. Not to take away from Messier or Lundqvist, to be honest, but I feel like having Bobby Orr and those other legends on that list uh, for me takes it over. But it's really not. It's I honestly, that's toss up. Rangers, yeah. Bruins. There, I get. Really... He just he just doesn't like the Rangers because he's a devil. Yeah, fan. I could be a little, but I sound like I'm <laughs> friendly with. Uh, Boston boy up there. I was just saying, yeah. Um, no, you're right. Um, I, but I, as far as all of his those the th- four teams, I think the Bruins I have the least qualms. Yeah, with because they're not in the same division. Otherwise, all the other 
sports that well no i mean football i don't i just they just no we just play each other every year we just play each other (laughs) play each other this week in football and baseball rivals all right uh that's yeah sports so we tied 2-2 with hockey for the order um which means that the tie goes to the runner (laughs) boston will take the oh did i give them the win you did. Boston did. takes the cake for best. I have rest my city, city well. Um, <laughs> that is okay. We know both both cities are great sports cities. Um, Boston, you know they they have the recent championship success to back it up. I mean, what was it? <laughs> New York Boston. is slacking. I mean, I think Boston. NYCFC, we have the recent one. <laughs> they do. I forgot. That's yeah. That's a thing. Bo- Boston, I think, has one year in the past twenty where they didn't win a championship or something like that. So, so yeah. it's like one or two years. It's it's very infrequent that they don't. Um, so, all right. So we hope that was mildly interesting for you. Um, we will try to keep it a little bit shorter next time, but that is that yeah. is the nature of this. We're doing four sports with full lineups. Hope everyone thought it was fun. Um, and now we're going to move on to our last segment, Bruce Banner bandwagon. We will all be giving a bandwagon that we are jumping on and jumping off. Cassidy, you're the newcomer. If you're ready, you get to go first. I'm going to give a bandwagon that I am jumping off. And that bandwagon is the Patriots offense. As long as these <laughs> are being called by Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, I am completely off the Patriots offense bandwagon. And honestly, I don't even know what I, else I can say about that. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, what? Which one are you jumping on? I will be. I'm jumping on the future of tennis in the United oh. States. The, oh, after my, this year, the U.S. Open put up its best numbers in literally a decade at ESPN with its highest viewership. It, for every day, it reached 1.21 million on average. Per, per Could that also be because of Serena Williams? It has definitely had a bump from the Serena Four, effect at the beginning. But then we also saw a continued bump as the yeah. tournament went on, including in the semifinals and finals of both the men's and women's tournament. I think um, the, the continued bump was after seeing Kyrgios' antics. People got interested in him. It's like a Brad Marchand of tennis, where they're just antics and antics and antics. Yeah. And, and who is the the American? Um, the Francis Tiafo. Yeah, Francis Tiafo. So and that was the biggest thing I think out of this U.S. Open. It was a U.S. Open that started with like who's not going to be there, and it turned into look at all of these who are, who young up and coming players that are like the future of the sport. Yep, absolutely. That's a great one. Um, Cass and I watched a lot of tennis together when we were we taking our I mean, summer course. I made you watch a lot of tennis. That is true. Yep. Nice. 7 a.m. We'd be getting up and watching tennis. Yeah, watching that was, whatever open. That was when it was the French Open, right? Yes, that was the French. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but that that's a great one. Tennis is a sport that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. So let's go. Eric, get his out of the way because he'll probably talk a lot. No, nah, this is going to be the quickest one I've ever had. I'm going real quick. Here we go. You had one last All week right. you meant to jump on, and then you didn't. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I Now you're going to make me go a long time. I meant – I did text Ryan. I was going to jump uh, on after I was like, dang, I, that was not who I wanted to hop on or off, but I went with it on the fly. All right. 
I remembered it on, we're hopping on Krispy Kreme. If you don't know this, for all the people that have Krispy Kremes near them. Oh, they're phenomenal. have access. You should definitely, you should have been on. 100%. But the even greater thing is if you sign up for the rewards program the day before your birthday, you get not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, not ten, not eleven. But 12 Krispy Kreme donuts for free. A, a dozen. Free dozen. For your birthday. That's so actually a pretty free. awesome deal. That's, I will give you that. You get up on that for fun. your next birthday. I am hopping off the the uh, the Carolina. I'm hopping off Matt Rule. I'm not going to pop off the Panthers <laughs> because I still think there's talent there. There's the but local I, I, guy. I'm very, down. very worried about the Matt Rule era <laughs> here in Carolina. I actually think that that's the first coast fired. It will be Matt Rule. David Tepper has got a quick, quick trigger. Uh, they should have won that game. There was Ben yeah, McAdoodle two's offense looked terrible in that first half, oh, and uh, second half they came to life. But that's a game you have to win against. Ruin it for former Giants head coaches just ruining offenses across the league. Oh yeah, the <laughs> sad <laughs> part about that too is is Pat Shermer still in Denver? The, <laughs> no, <laughs> last time the Giants had a winning record, Ben McAdoo was the coach. Yeah. He brought them to the playoffs that year, that one year. Uh, yeah. And then the boat picture, but and that's, then the boat that's picture, already been right. discussed. I saw a stat that was like the Giants didn't have a winning record to, and at any point. Until they won week one right here. Yeah, yeah pretty much under, under Dave Gettleman. Since we've Un- known each other, they haven't had a winning record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have, no, they haven't won an opener since we've known each other. They've had a winning record the one year. Uh, we, uh, but under Dave year. Gettleman, they never had a winning record at no. any point in a season. And now <laughs> first year with Jim Shane. It's also nice to be neighbors with a uh, writer. I won't say his name for his sake. But I, I live near uh, uh, one of the Giants writers, and so I got I have insider information. Ooh, insider! But uh, it it's all surprising now because the Giants won. All my insider information was that the Giants were going to be hot, steaming piles of garbage. But maybe Dabble, our guy Brian, uh, is going to bring some some love to to Giants country, but. I think he will. I think they're going to be held back from the uh, the infamous Danny Dimes. <laughs> but uh, that's that. I'm hopping. Speaking of hopping and hopping on, so I'm going to hop on. I don't even know what I was going to hop on. I've been hopping on. You know what I'm hopping on? The Bubba Coos burritos. That's what we're going to be hopping on. I don't know if you have one near you, but if you do, highly recommend. Got great quesadillas. Great tacos. They even have good wings, apparently. I haven't even had their wings, but they're great. Uh, they got a lot of stuff. Quality food. Fairly cheap. Bubba Coos burrito. Funny name. It works. You're gonna never you're not gonna forget it. Hopping off of what was I gonna hop off? I had something before. It was big. It was something sport related. I forgot what it was. It might have been just hopping off of the nets. Officially, just hopping off because they're just disappointing me to new magnitudes every year. (laughs) You're not excited that Joe Harris is going to be ready for training camp. That's the only exciting thing. That is the only exciting thing, Eric. Well, Joey Buckets. You could be a Knicks fan. You could be a Knicks. I could be a Knicks fan. Not excited to play in the best conference in the league. 
So this was the Blue still Jays so, Steelers uh, hopping this, off. Not none of this. We're staying no, on them. They're we're staying fully on. I'm hopping on the Jays. Jays are being hopped on. I, I would have hopped on the Steelers more if TJ Watt's pectoral muscle was in a was, better spot. But yeah. I'm not fully off because. He's not out for the season, which is pretty, which is really wonderful news. We'll say I'm happy that I don't have to see. Yeah, him you're lucky. No, he's not going to murder Mac Jones. He took enough hits last week. He doesn't need but, to about hurting him. Wait, but, there's still a lot of good players on that defense. Even the guy we have to replace him was a good player for the Broncos, Malik Reed, who had a lot of yeah. num- uh, snaps and production for them. So if you plug him in on that defense, and I'm I'm hopping on the Minka Fitzpatrick train. Even more, if anyone else needs reminders that he's elite, because I feel like people are like, "Hey, he's not that good." I'm like, "Well, then you don't know what football is." Uh, and that's my little uh, Steeler rant. Right we're past there. two hours. It doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't. We're just gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, we went on second. too. We're much. good. So I'm gonna take. Yeah, it. All right. like have we heard of any other players out. tore their pack? Because I've never heard of any of them, but both Watt brothers have now done it. I've never heard any NFL player say they Weak tore their pack. Weak in that family. But uh, both of them have tore it. I feel like there's something no, a little weird No, Cam Hayward out. tore his bicep one year. Yeah, I feel like it's. I never hear that energy uh, injury ever. But yet both Watt brothers. So if it's it. if it's actually like torn, torn, then yeah, he's got to get surgery. I think. Yeah. So Watt was we don't even... that whole year. JJ was with yeah. us that whole year, but then he came back. He fought it off. Yeah. So I think if it's not that bad, if it's only six weeks, the way these these Watts are, they're superhuman. Let's we'll yeah. we'll find out. All right. I hope so because TJ Watt's a hell of a player. Yeah, I mean he's just fun to watch, man. I mean even in that whole game, he made some unbelievable plays. Yeah. So, bandwagon I am jumping on is I recently discovered that it left the CW and it came to HBO Max. The re- the reboot of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Really? I didn't yeah. even know they rebooted it. Who's on it? Didn't know that either. In 2013, it's it's Colin Mockery, Ryan Styles, Wayne Brady, and then the third guest or the fourth guest, as always, is uh revolving. But Aisha Tyler hosts it. Nice, that's cool. She's great for that, she is. For that type so of stuff. I uh last year I discovered that the original with the American origin original was on HBO. I watched the whole thing through and then I was re-watching it through because I needed some laughs. And then it, it appeared, if you liked Whose Line Is It Anyway, watch Whose Line Is It Anyway 2013 or whatever. And then it's been going on since, at least until 2020, if not more recent. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, big, big fan of that show. Love that. Um, participated in some knockoffs of it as well over the years at camp. Um, so shout out. Whose line is it anyway? Bandwagon, I'm jumping off. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, Tyler Mott. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he should have stayed in New York. Um, oh, that's fantastic. Not, not, not fuck that guy. He's, he's a good guy, and he's, he's battled his demons. But um, I wish he would have stayed in New York. Mm. Um, I think the Senators are going to have a good team. It's a sensitive subject. Yeah, so I just wish he would have stayed because now we're going to be relying on freaking – Dryden Hunt as our fourth line left wing again. Next man up, baby. That's what it's about. Get Unless they next... they sign Jimmy, former Devil Jimmy VC to a uh, after his pro oh, tryout offer. Jesus, they bring him back. Oh my God, I don't Forgot know what's worse. We had Jimmy VC. 
Why don't you guys just keep? Why don't you just like come to the state of Massachusetts and walk around? You guys like to sign every other person. Every other person from, but yeah. So jumping off Tyler Mott, it happened today, and uh, not happy about it. I was hoping that we could maybe get him back somehow. Uh, But that has been our show. It's a long one. Uh, If anyone's still listening at this point, thank you so much. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the topic. Hope you enjoyed our guests. Want to give anyone a chance to plug anything they need to plug, starting with Cass. Anything you want to plug? No, just want to say happy. Got the opportunity to finally get on the show and talk with you guys. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We're glad you were able to make it. You'll be back. We'll figure out a time when your schedule permits. Um, Busy man over there. Mm. Eric, anything you want to plug? No, uh, I'm just going to say thanks for if you made it this far. Like, uh, We appreciate you. Uh, I, I hope you had fun with us because we were definitely having fun here. You know, We were having a good time. Just a bunch of bros hanging out talking sports. So oh, yeah. it doesn't get better than this. But yeah, thanks for if you made it this far. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Keep listening. Absolutely. Devin, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, a few things. Um, To piggyback off what Eric said, though, if he did make it this far, what is, what's wrong with you? Uh, for, uh, first of all, but uh, I'm happy that you're there's a lot wrong with you because welcome to the club and glad <laughs> you're staying with us. But uh, to plug anything, um, let's go Jays in a tight wild card race, even division, but I think it's a little too far gone, uh, especially if Cassidy's uh, Red Sox want to stop pitching to Aaron Judge. That would be that would be pretty. Nice. <laughs> we For lost. my sake, oh, that's good news. All right, <laughs> as long as the Jays keep beating the Rays, which they did tonight, keep that going. Uh, she Hulk's been. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you something there, Ryan. She Hulk's been pretty solid. Oh, yeah, They're catching up on all that. It's exciting stuff there. Uh, it's chill. funny, uh, different. I like what they're doing. Uh, always excited for the next thing uh, the MCU has to offer. Uh, because for the most part, I'm satisfied. And to piggyback off of that even more, not MCU, but still the same big, big bad evil company that owns it, Star Wars, owned by Disney. The the mouse is the evil one I allude mouse to. The mouse. Exactly. Um, Andor will be coming out soon. I'm very excited for that. That looks very good based on those early trailers and footage that looks very, very well done. And uh, as a big Star Wars fan, uh, I uh, when they release stuff, I'm hypercritical, as most Star Wars fans are, but I'm excited for a lot of it. And so far, I'm satisfied. Keep it coming, Dave Filoni and John Favreau, and get Kathleen Kennedy out of there. Though you two guys need to take control of Star Wars. <laughs> the end. They are both very good at their jobs. Um, yeah, if you but, see those two names under Star Wars, it should be good. If you don't see their names, tread lightly. <laughs> um, all right, so gonna go through my spiel. I should maybe just start recording this and just plugging it in at the end. <laughs> um, Sunday nights, once Andor starts airing, we will have Babu's freaking podcast on the Nerd Life Network with Brian Anthony, or not Anthony, Brian, Mike, and Mark. So once Andor comes back, especially next week when they have their three-episode premiere, they will have an episode the following Sunday. Mondays, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Last night, I or two nights ago, I was on with Brian where we recorded a D23 review and episode reviews for She-Hulk's episode two and or three and four. 
it's a lot of fun over there. Go check out the weirdos Monday nights. Tuesdays, Comics and Cinema with Alex Klein. Last night, he did his D23 roundup with a friend of the show, Kevin. Wednesdays, Agents of Field, mostly in podcast form. We're going to be maybe working on some, getting some more live episodes out there. So stay tuned for some programming notes. Thursdays, Nerdy Girls After Dark. And Fridays, the new show, One Pod to Rule Them All, in honor of the new Lord of the Rings show, The Rings of Power. Really exciting stuff going on at the Nerd Life Network. Follow the page on YouTube, just Nerd Life Network. Follow uh, Agents of Field Instagram page, Agents of Field Podcast, and on Twitter at Podcast AOF. If you're liking the show, rate, review, subscribe. I got to start doing that earlier because nobody's getting to the end of the show, probably. And thank you, Cassidy, Devin, Eric, for joining us. And until next time, I guess we'll have to see you.